Welcome back, Socks Pal Friendos. You know what it is and how we do it. It's the Socks Cast Game of the Year Spectacular Day number the second, or day B for you sophisticated types. We're going to take you all the way from number five to one today and get through this second mountain of listener list that has somehow rolled in like a goddamn tsunami over the last few days, or more specifically, the last 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and I am, ex I am excited and see little reason for us at all to delay any further. So to my immediate virtual right, you make the beef, he'll smack you silly. It's Rhett. Hello. Hey, you feel nice and energized? You had that day break in the middle. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did not overeat in in the break, so... That was probably... Feeling light and ready to go. I, I ate a lot. I ate to the point of, oh, man, if I eat, like, one more bite, this is probably going to go bad, but this stew is very good. And I had to make a very, very calculated moral decision. <laughs> I chose I chose wisely. My, my, my tummy is full... And satisfied, but not, but, but not. To the I'm break. incapable of self-control. <laughs> well, John, if there's anything we know about you from having done a podcast with you for eight fucking years now, it's that yes, you have no goddamn self-control. <laughs> to my immediate virtual left, heavy is the head that falls with the weight of a thousand thoughts. It's John Fire. That's me. That is you. I thought, you were doing, I thought that was rest for a second, and I was like, oh, that one seems like it would have fit me very well. No, it was you. you know, heavy is the tummy. <laughs> <laughs> heavy is the tummy that falls with the weight of a thousand. What did you eat? I didn't have a lot. I just ate, ate some green beans. Oh, just, you just like huh. you just went and grabbed a bunch of green beans and shoved them in your mouth. No, I, I cooked them. I microwaved them, and I had um, uh, salt and butter and pepper and cheese. I put I put bacon in my uh, green beans. Yeah, yeah that's killing. That's, that's the, excellent. Yeah, it's like, it's like you take the healthy thing, make it way less healthy, and the more you, and then you until it's delicious. But I don't I don't use bad bacon. I don't use bacon that's like eighty five percent fat. Like the bacon I get, I will pay top dollar for a real good cut of bacon. So I buy like that's the real good shit. So good. It's called eating responsibly, kind of. <laughs> it's like that's how it works, right? The more you pay for it, the healthier it is. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably probably how that works. But hey, organic, organic zero calorie um, <laughs> ultra <laughs> bacon. There you go. <laughs> that sounds like a good time. Um, so we've got we've got another another long long day ahead of us, and I think that we go ahead. I mean, we started off with. My personal favorite listener, of course. We got yes. we, we got a list from Iffy today. Aww. And coming at us real simple this year, which is good because we like that. <laughs> uh, her number three game that I played and enjoyed a lot, Mario Golf Super Rush. Yeah, that game's real fun. If you like you some, nice. if you like you a good game of Mario Golf, that game's gonna that game's gonna do you real good. And they've done really well with the free content. Like I loaded that game up. Huh. A couple weeks ago, and they gave like they just gave me a bunch of shit I didn't even know was coming, like three new characters and three new courses. Like Jesus Christ! Nice, thank you. Like, Nintendo, weirdly generous. Number two is East Nine Monstrum Knox. Hey, I I Solid. agree with that being there. All right, and her number one, 
probably going to be a big shock to everybody because I don't know that people know that, like, I mean, I knew personally because I talked to Effie a lot, but I don't know if anybody really knows that she's kind of into this game at all. So it might be a little bit of a shock. Her number nine, her, her number one is Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. I'm shocked. <laughs> right? Just completely flabbergasted right now at how, how like, yeah, just I, I never would have guessed. You know, she came to me and she was like, I, you know, I do that. I, I, I do the 14. I was like, yeah, good for you, girl. You gotta, you know, like, you gotta be like John. Live your bliss. Live your bliss. Aww. I'm proud. I'm proud of you. Proud. Exactly like John. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like Rance, Final Fantasy 14. I fail to see, I don't see a difference. Some people are like, I don't see color. I'm like, I don't see a difference in Rance and Final Fantasy 14. And Italia Ryza. And Italia Ryza. Sense. It's literally all the same to me. Yep. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> uh, I have I have another listener yeah. list. I like, making you do two in a row. Making me do two in a row. Who's who did the scheduling for this? Because I need to have a conversation with me, my tire iron, and their body. <laughs> Pretty sure it was John. Yeah, it might have been. That sounds like something that been John. John would do that to me. He would. Mm. After all, after all, after all that, all, after all that support I gave him in rants, he gives me this kind of fucking. <laughs> he gives me this kind of schedule. What are you? What are you doing there? What are you doing? What's the deal? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you breaking my balls? Huh? I don't know. What is? What has happened? We've gone completely off the rails here. Something is in. Something is in the stew. I don't know. It was just broccoli. I swear. Our next one comes in from Gunblade Warrior. It says, Hey, SoxCast, it's Thomas, a.k.a. Gunblade Warrior, with the top three games of the year. Number three, Halo Infinite Multiplayer. I haven't started the campaign yet, but the multiplayer is fun. Halo is basically the one FPS game series I play a lot of. Number two, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Even though I have played this trilogy before, I'm still putting this on the list. Before this year, I have never played as a Paragon Commander Shepard. I, I mean, I agree. Like, I think that I think that oh. Renegade Renegade Shepard is way more fun. Poly- I have never played as Renegade Shepard. <laughs> Pollyanna Shepard was the asshole of the galaxy, my friends, and she was amazing. God, she did so many terrible things that I look back at it now and be like, man, <laughs> would I make those same decisions in 2021 when some of them maybe involve genocide? Oh, God. <laughs> so I've never played as a Paragon Commander Shepard. I have also never played the Mass Effect 3 DLC. I did both things this year. Number one, Forza Horizon 5. The Forza Horizon games are extremely fun. I will agree. It's the only game in which you can launch the Warthog from Halo off a ramp. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can play Halo, and there are... <laughs> There's probably some ramp-like uh, geometry, and you could probably launch a warthog. I, I remember launching anyway. war. I've launched warthogs in my day. <laughs> it is funny that there's Halo stuff in there. I found that in Forza Horizon. Before. I think that's it's awesome. Like, that's awesome. Because Horizon is big and stupid in a way that, like, I want my racing games to be. So big fucking props to Gunblade for Forza Horizon. Like hell yeah, those games are fun. Uh, all right. Moving on, we have an audio list coming in. Look, I'm just doing all the heavy lifting here up front. Yeah. God, I got to do everything around here. What are you doing? Breaking my balls. Yeah. Breaking my balls. 
I like this new character. <laughs> Breaking my balls. All right. <laughs> we have... We have an audio listener list. Uh, from our good pal, Carmichael McCallis, who, who's just res- like one of the sweetest, gentlest hearts we have mm. in our community. Just a gentle, kind soul. I don't... What is wrong with me? Holly, did you smoke up? No, I didn't! Okay. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. I wasn't gonna say it. I was like, what is happening? I don't worry, Molly. I'm enjoying We're enjoying it. I think I caught... I just caught some energy, I think. I don't no, know. it's good. Let's do it. We caught some Let's positive... We caught some it's good... It's like when we leave, out. we leave Polly to monologue and things just go off the rails. <laughs> It's like, never let Polly talk more than, like, 35 seconds. If you go past that, like, 30, at 37, we're probably going to end up in a dumpster somewhere. Don't worry, Polly. They're very fun dumpsters. <laughs> dumpster. Dumpster. <laughs> that is in my Twitter profile. I am from the dumpster. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. That's... Play the list. <laughs> All right. Carmichael McCallus coming in three, two, one, play. Carmichael McCallus here with my top games of 2021. Starting off with a couple honorable mentions, Nyanko Card and Flounder's Dream, 36,000 feet deep. The first is a triple triad style game, and the second is a mobile auto battler sort of thing, both of which are Toho fan games. They were gifts, and I enjoyed them greatly. And without further ado... Number three, Stardew Valley. The first time I tried this, the speed of the clock and knowing that friendships could diminish with time kept me from playing it. Those sorts of things can really trigger my anxieties. When I learned of the various mods, though, it gave me what I needed to enjoy it. This is one I'll likely come back to, and I'll probably try again with friends. Number two, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. What? Not Ah! Endwalker? I hear people say. Well, I haven't beat it yet, so I can't say for certain. Shadowbringers, on the other hand, put out all of its major patches... And having gone through it again on alt recently, I can say Shadowbringer's main story, crafting, gathering, quests, raids, and other bits and bobs were all very well done. It ended a fuckload better than Stormblood did, at any rate. The only way it could have ended better is if Xenos was unceremoniously killed partway through. Man, that would have been awesome. <sighs> but seriously, the game is fun, and the good community and dev team make it all the more enjoyable. It's not every game they'll repurpose its dev servers to production to help people get into their game, after all. Number one, Satisfactory. (laughs) No, you put 900 hours into this game this year. But yeah, Satisfactory had two absolutely major patches added this year, and each time it's improved the game by leaps and bounds. Update 4 in April added new items to make, new resources, tools, vehicles, and goals. Update 5 from late last month added collisions to trains, fixed trucks to make them work more reliably, and added so many decorations and the like. Not only that, but they changed how objects interact and overlap with one another. I think the best way I can put it is this. In Valheim, the building system is built around what you cannot do. In Satisfactory, the building system is built around what you can do. Valheim goes out of its way to make sure certain things are impossible to do. Satisfactory goes out of its way to make sure certain things are easier to accomplish. There's also a shitload of math, and aside from the petrochemicals, it's all on a level I'm capable of grasping and working out, which I realize is a type of fun that not everyone's going to enjoy. It scratches an itch for me, though, and I really look forward to what else gets added. And that's it for my games of the year. 
All that's left to say is be kind to one another, take care of yourself, and eat the fucking rich. Good day. There's a sentiment we can all get behind. I love that part yep. at the end. Yeah! yeah. I knew that. I like, Gotta I like FF14... I liked FF14 in jokes to this audience of us three who are like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, we get <laughs> it. Blood, am I right, everyone? Kill him. He Eros. Fuck him. Yeah, jerk. And then every one of our listeners does get it. Yeah, they're and cheering. Every single one. They're, they're like, like, yeah. Yeah, they're like fist pumped in the air. It's great. All right. So now that I have, now that I have shouldered through and carried... <laughs> And carried the the entire first thirteen minutes of this episode <laughs> by myself. I think it's time. I think courageously. it's time. <laughs> courageously, you're kind of, you're kind of selflessly, hero, I like. selflessly. I do this mm-hmm. for you. Out of love. Out of love. Mm-hmm. Out of love. That's yeah, on brand. Endless love in my heart. Mm-hmm. It's endless. Okay, that's enough. Wallet. So I think my. I, I think, think uh, I think I think we can finally shoulder it on over to <laughs> to John because I think it's time we, we crack into this. Let's break the seal on the top uh, on the second half of these lists, John, and you're the only one that can do it. Get us started. My number five is Gradius Two for arcades. Hey, <laughs> that's my baby. No for no yabo. Um, I fucking love this game. <laughs> God, it's so, it's. Man, even like I could talk about it. <laughs> I could talk about it and it'd be your entry. That's the funny part because I love this. <laughs> I love this game just as much as you. Um, oh, I'm sure. I, I have the. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm still working towards loving Gradius too as much as you. And I think that's that's going to be a, a long time <laughs> journey, which I'm excited to go on because I fucking love this. Mm. Um, I'd sampled it a lot. I played the NES version a lot on my DS mm-hmm. um, when I was a kid, um, and. Basically, like I, I have this um, Konami collection on Switch. That's like eight arcade games, and I've been just kind of poking through each one. Like I, like I cleared Life Force on it. I cleared um, I one CC'd um, Twin B, the first Twin B. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept going through them. I did Thunder Cross, and like the next big one uh, that I was wanting to play was Gradius Two, mm-hmm. and I just kind of stared at it like. Mm-hmm. That one's scary. It's longer than the other ones I've beaten so far. It's pretty hard, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ready for Gradius 2. Um, and then I just took like two weeks, and I just played Gradius 2 nonstop. <laughs> good. And that's like a good Like when you like, you have to spend that kind of time with a shmup to kind of finally get it all to come together in the perfect oh, way. Oh, it feels so good. It's, it's very much similar to when I did that with the arcade of Gradius 3, but I think that Gradius 2 is just way more rewarding. Yeah, Gradius Two. It never, Gradius Two actually cleared it like a cup. Like I cleared it the first time I got to stage eight on a on a real attempt. That's pretty good. Like, like it's pretty um, clean yeah. and fair. Once you like, in the sense that you can, there are pretty consistent strats for getting around basically everything. And I don't think that there are any really terrible uh, checkpoints in that game that I, that jump out at me immediately because I you know I don't play these games and die a lot because I'm good at Gradius 2 at this point. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there's a lot of points in that game where it's like just too hard to recover. 
I would not know because of how I play Gradius, which is that I drop a save state yep. at the start of the stage, and then I play it over and over until I can beat it in one go, and then I drop a save state at the start of the next stage, and then I do that like three times, and then I start doing 1cc attempts. Yep. Or no miss attempts for Gradius. Because mm-hmm. then I die, and I'm just like, mm, fuck it, and I'll just turn it off. <laughs> mm. uh, no, I think I actually did try when I when I did um, clear, but it's, it's, it's hard to recover in Gradius. Um... But yeah, I snagged the no-miss on this one, and it felt very, very good. I think what's really strong about this one, to me, is just the whole back half of the game has a very good arc. Yeah. Um, where there's the super speedy level, there's this very good boss rush, and then the last stage is epic. It's, like, twice as long as you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got, like, some extremely good set pieces. Um, and and that's after the... In the Moai stage, right before that... At, has like a cool boss in a way that you don't expect. Like it, you, you, you feel like the, the way that I was comparing in my head was with Axley, mm. um, mm. where like Gradius one is, is really fun, but it's very pretty basic. Yeah. And it didn't have like a super strong, like arc necessarily. It's more like, Hey, we're inventing this language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have fun with it. Um, and then Axley is very, has a very good, like progression to it. Like kind of a sense of drama. Yeah. But it's like, a little more modern um you expect to die a good amount you get like 10 lives throughout a, a regular run you expect to burn through a yeah. lot of them so it feels a little bit softer yeah um gradius 2 is like this it felt like the perfect balance to me where it's like we had the we had it's kind of has that hard ass 80s edge to it um and kind of a clarity to mm-hmm. it i guess that i don't necessarily see as much in like 90s 16-bit shmups yeah um, but while still having this like very strong drama to it that I really liked. Mm. So I played this and I was just like, oh, this is just a fucking masterpiece. I, I, I'm really pleased with this. This feels, um, I'll be pleased if another Gradius knocks this one off its throne. If it doesn't, then that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's still my favorite. And like, I was really high on Gradius five for a long time. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gradius 2 has just continued to endure for me. Also, I love the this game's soundtrack and uh, the sound oh, yeah. and, and uh, the sound uh, the, 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 the the sound chip that this game uses from this era the of sound Konami. design. Yeah, it's, it's so pretty. really nice. It's clean. Uh, it's just a very very nice sounding board. Um, mm-hmm. Super Contra uses the same uh, sound uh, same sound equipment, and I just really like both how both of those games sound. Mm-hmm. It feels like a dramatic leap forward mm-hmm. towards what shmups can be in the future. Yeah, while still maintaining a lot of the general vibe yep. and energy of classic shmups. Yeah, and it hits just like exactly the right balance for me. Where I just played this and was like, "This is going to be one of my all-time favorite side scrollers forever." Goes down smooth. Yep, I know Mister R Type right after. Finally, like, that was a that was a. 15 year journey that's a that one's a perilous journey too yeah i went i went like five years without playing it and then i sat down with r-type for one day i came out the other end with a no miss and i was there like all right i'm better at these games hell yeah so I, I i play a lot of arcade games this year and that was a, that was a, a very fun one so ret hi number five. Oh boy oh god <laughs> I guess again this is one of those games that's hard to talk about. Um, my number five is Omori. Mm. <laughs> the account increases. It, it, yep, here's a count for that one. Um, <laughs> hey, Rhett, we should get this out of the way. 
Did this one make you cry? I Probably not, right? <laughs> so here's the thing. Oh. When I cry towards a game, at a game or an anime, a lot of, a lot of anime as well. Um, <laughs> like 90% of it. It's not necessarily because something is sad. It's really just like something can be like in Symphogear's Gear's case, it's so cool that you cry. Like it's impossibly cool. Or like just big emotional moments get me extremely easily. Uh, yeah. That's the type of cry I actually am going for and enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Omori is the different kind. Yeah, it's the ugly cry. <laughs> Omori, the last couple hours of this game were so sad that I had no reaction. <laughs> oh, jeez. Were you just, like, emotionally dead at that point? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, I was going through the ending just kind of broken and stone-faced thinking, <laughs> I could see somebody crying extremely hard to the last, like, two hours of this game. But not me. I'm just kind of dead now. <laughs> and it, it's not like it did not hit you because you spent no, like the next yeah. week just like. It's just the, so again, the has, a game ever, has a game ever hit you this way before? That's what I'm saying. It's like my thoughts on this one are so weird and unconventional, and it obviously it ended up number five on my list. Yeah. But it, so basically, I beat this game, and I was like, "Well, that was very good," but Jesus fucking Christ! Basically, Omori took me like a solid month to process. <laughs> and I, and what got me through it was watching. Watching. I'll just, I'll just say it. I you watched, watched Simpo Gear again. No. What? No. You did a Simpo Gear rewatch right after, I swear. That was 2020, Polly. No! No, no, no. That was 2020. <laughs> I could have sworn you went from Amori right into the Simpo Gear rewatch. There has you, got, you got pulled from the Berenstain universe. No, that was definitely last year. Anyways. <laughs> My way of getting through this game was watching two VTubers play the end game. Oh. I'm breaking the VTuber seal. The, the VTuber seal. We've not heard that one yet. I watched two VTubers play from, like, the last kind of big main dungeon through mm-hmm. the entire end game. Mm-hmm. And then I cried. Aww. Because <laughs> it was, like... A month later. <laughs> it really was, like... In a similar way to the main character as well, where it's like, what has happened is so bad and ugly, and you just take a, such a long time to process it. Steven Universe. It, <laughs> kind of. I think it's way worse than anything. Oh, that yeah. Happens Obviously. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Way worse than what? Which one? Steven Universe. Oh, he, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it, I remember, like, you know, watching these girls having watching them ugly cry at the end of the game it's like okay like there's a point where after the final truth has been revealed one of them basically put down the controller and cried for like five minutes straight god i've it's like one of the most uncomfortable things i've ever seen oh didn't mute or anything just went in huh yeah it was like two and a half minutes of like real quiet nothing mm-hmm. and then that turned into just kind of sobbing, sobbing. oh my god <laughs> i mean so this it's very weird to talk about as a game because i think i'm not super into the whole uh jrpg rpg maker that's the term like mm-hmm. the rpg basic side 
was a little grating to me. Mm. But like mm. what this game accomplishes, I have basically infinite respect for it. Mm. It's just a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that I had to experience the end game three times before I was like, okay, I. It's okay to cry on. now. Yeah. <laughs> You can cry now. It really was. Oh, that's... Yeah, yeah so Omori is my number Jeez. five. God! <laughs> All right, so that... Do, do, wait, does that count as a cry count, then? That's a if cry you, count, sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but it was so weird. It was so weird the first time just being completely stone-faced, like, <laughs> what is this game making me read? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> God, I then, cannot wait to get to this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the thing after you beat the last boss. Seeing somebody do that is when I finally, finally was like completely broke, broke down. <laughs> and well, never mind. That's my number five. All right, Polly. Uh, don't worry, I can follow that up. It's okay. I'll. <laughs> Okay. I mean, help. everything is going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. I got just I got just the thing for you with my number 5. I know how to pull us out of this pit of despair. I got you. My number 5 is a case of delivered on promises. I played the demo on a whim, expecting it to be something I'd probably turn off in about 2 to 3 minutes. But instead, I ended up it ended up, it ended up being a game that I beat the drum for pretty loudly all year. It's Unmetal. Oh. oh. Yeah, like this is a game that I'd be. I was the- Googling a case delivered on promises. Oh, I was like, what? Yeah, oh, that's, that's a, Yeah, that's the. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> the game, I mean, number five is a case of delivered on promises. That's oh the video. <laughs> <laughs> You're literally name searching the keyword. <laughs> oh, man. All this podcasting has already given us brainworms. We're already fucking losing it. We're. <laughs> We're not even a half hour into the second episode yet, and we're already just gone. Uh, Unmetal, though, uh, this game, this game's a pretty good example, I think, anyway, of a video game actually setting out to do comedy and hitting way more than it misses. It's really and funny. It's genuinely I- hilarious. Uh, it, you, you sold this game so well on the podcast that I ended up playing it. Too. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure like if, if anybody else would, would get it. So like when you played it, I was like, at least someone like someone was listening. Yeah, someone listened and got it. Um, like this game would have sucked if it was just straight up Metal Gear Solid parody. Um, and mm. I think that that's sort of what people don't like about it is that it's not mm. just Metal Gear Solid, but oh. it's doing its own <laughs> thing. Yeah, but 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 like. But for me, like, I was just extremely over the moon that it didn't end up being, like, some garbage-ass Retro City Rampage reference fest. Yeah. Anybody play that game? That game is garbage. Aww. Oops, we're swiping again. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta rake a little mud uh, when you're, when you're, I mean, I guess you don't have to. That's not really a nice thing to do, is it? Nice people Bye. probably... It's yeah. Look, I do it once a year. Right? No, I don't. I do it like every podcast. I think I might have a nice problem. I might not be a very nice person. I think is the truth that I'm trying <laughs> the to. Truth. That I'm trying what? to kind of get to the bottom of here through through this therapy session that we are having in prompt two is that yeah. I might not. I might not be a very nice person. Which is probably why Jesse Fox was so funny to me as a main character. <laughs> back, uh, back on topic. Boom! Nailed it. Right. Good transition. 
Yeah. Even if it may yeah. not, even if it, the game doesn't like stick the landing on every joke, though, mm. it's like I it, you have it to commit to everything. It's it commits so hard. The last time I saw this kind of enthusiasm and commitment to jokes was like I the Somnium Files, where they would do a lot of the same weird yeah. visual shit. Where like literally, like the moment for me where I completely lost it was going through the sewer, and he stops to say, "It's <laughs> I could feel their eyes around me like a thousand rats. I felt like a piece of cheese." And then he turns into a piece of cheese and you have to do this whole segment running away from rats in a sewer as a piece of cheese. I really like how it commits to gags and then actually makes them influence the gameplay. That's the thing. Is that like, yeah, it, it's, it's not just a funny script. It's that they the humor is literally gameplay focused. And it's not yeah. often that you play a game and say, like, the thing that I'm doing is funny. Yeah. There's a part where, like, you come across a bunch of dogs, and it gives you a choice, like, <laughs> and they had excellent, and it's, like, sight or smell. Mm -hmm. So I pick smell, and the game immediately auto-saves as soon as you yeah, pick it. Yeah, you can't, and, you can't change it! <laughs> and then a, a stink wave starts coming off the main character, and you have to avoid the dogs while also having the stink wave avoid them. Yeah, and it's it's like one screen in the entire game that you, is also optional. Yeah, they coded it in. Uh, there's just so much commitment to things yeah. like that, and, and then like, and even then, like when they, they they break away and make you do entire segments that are more than just like a one-off segment, it's like it breaks up its gameplay in a way that where like they've you've got your normal stealth action like bread and butter kind of like hiding you know punching guards knocking them out hiding them like that's your main sort of mode of getting around and getting from plot point to plot point but in between that there will be like these weird diversions or like weird boss fights where like the object isn't just do more damage or something like you've got to figure out a puzzle mechanic of some sort um and it's all done like, in the funniest way possible. Like, it doesn't play any of this stuff very straight until, like, the very end. Um, but, but, I like, but, yeah. I like the boss against the nuclear submarine, because the whole game is, like, him telling the story, and he's <laughs> like, and then I fought a nuclear submarine. They're just like, what? what? Yeah. What? <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I beat it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, <laughs> But it keeps, like, varying up the gameplay style and, and, like, the kinds of, like, small, dumb adventure game puzzles that you have to kind of stop and figure out. Like, the pizza is, like, one of the funniest dumb things because oh there's, there's so many fail states for it uh, because of, like, how you have to approach it because it needs to be done in a specific way. But it's not frustrating because it's like, yeah. I know what you're going for here. This is what you're riffing on and you're doing a very funny job of it. And they save state right before. <laughs> yep, every time. Like, this game, it, every time the game does an auto-save state after you make a choice just made me laugh. Because I know it's making you hard commit to something that's just like, that is yeah. going to change the rest of the game. Like, 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 like the choice of guards in the final area. It, that one that one didn't save for me. Really? For some reason. Oh, so I got weird. to see both. Oh, I wow. I got Japanese. What, did, what You chose the other one? Oh, what? wait. I did, there's, like, Swedes or, like, the Norse guys or robots. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Terminators or the Japanese or something, I think. Yeah. Good way. I got my game of the year. I can't remember it. Fine. <laughs> really smart. Um, but, yeah, there's genuinely a fucking hilarious game, like, that, that never got old. 
never got frustrating. It kept everything going at the same level that it started for 10 to 12 hours, which I think is pretty wild when you consider that it's a comedy game and that, like, it kept it up that long. It's much longer than I expected, and it never gets boring because it keeps throwing fresh new things at you the whole time. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, this game was a delight. I was super, super, super glad that I just, like, I randomly checked this demo during one of those big like, indie demo things that they do now to kind of help promote smaller titles. I just tried it, and I thought, I'm going to turn this off the first time this guy does a solid snake voice. And it was like, <laughs> ugh. But, 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 but Jesse Fox is not a very not a very solid snake-like guy. He's a, he's a man of simple pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to blow shit up. Good. Yep. Listen. This game sounds so good. It's really good. It's really good. More people need to play it. You don't need you don't need the Metal Gear Solid knowledge to enjoy this game. Trust me. I don't. So there you go. Like you maybe watched Metal Gear Scanlan, but I bet you don't remember most of that. God, it's been so long since I played any Metal Gear. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is a real good riff oh, yeah. on like Metal Gear Two Solid Snake. Cool. So there you go. My number five on Metal Ret. I hey. understand you've got a listener list for us. This one comes in from Max. What's up, Max? How's it going? I loved you in Streets of Rage 2. <laughs> hey, SoxCast. It's Max. At MixMaxter underscore. Oh, oh. Hi, Max. Hi. Okay, I know you. I know Max. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> as soon as I said the Twitter name, I think. Yeah, I got yep. it immediately. Guess it's once again that time of the year for Mary List Sharing. Honestly, I didn't have a lot of strong candidates for this year, but these are still some good standouts. Number three, Higurashi When They Cry. Hell yeah, yes. man! Yes! We chatted a lot I, about this. In my opinion, that's starting off with a fucking that, banger. Yeah, that's literally starting off with cream of the crop shit. Mm-hmm. A certain podcast turned me onto this one last <laughs> I wonder year. Who, I wonder who it could have been. <laughs> the descents into madness are some of my favorite parts. I have a few issues with Higurashi, but it's a strong story with a lot of heart. Mm. Yeah, I, I've talked. To, I talked with Max a lot about this. Uh, it's cool. been very. It was been very. It was very fun to see another person's perspective on the story as they went through it. So many people over the last year have gotten into these games. It's just wild. It's, it is like fifteen people. Yeah, on my timeline or something have played through Higurashi in the last couple of years. It's just every other week I see somebody new getting into it, and I'm just like, I. I and they almost always like go all the way through it. Yeah, is the thing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I helped make that happen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's me. There's one person I follow who none of you would know. They mm-hmm. read the first six, and I haven't seen any updates. Oh since then. no! <laughs> Just the weirdest stopping off point. I mean, I mean, it's a good climax. Six, actually, it's a good climax. At least, I think if that doesn't hit, it's just like okay, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, like yeah. If, the, if the end of that if the end of that chapter does not get you, I, where's your heartbeat? Okay, I have back- seen I have seen zero bu- people on my timeline play yeah. Fate in the last five years. Oh! <laughs> the only people I've talked with about it are people who played through it as a teenager, mm-hmm. exclusively, mm-hmm. as far as, as the as the actual VN, which is very funny. Okay, back to Max's list. Mm-hmm. Number two, Heroes of Hammerwatch, a pretty fun. A pretty and fun pixel top-down roguelike with a cool co-op mechanic, but ultimately it is a grind game. Had an incredible time this summer playing with a, a ton with three friends. Cool. Number number one, Disco Elysium. Hey. 
Excellent. This game excels in a deep political depiction of a very specific fictional time and place. You can feel the weight of the past in the world and act on and act on it. Besides that, the often hilarious inner dialogue between skills and metaphysical plus cryptid lore elevate this game. Happy holidays to you and yours. Hey, hey. Cheers. Thank you so much, Max. All right, John, I do believe you have a listener list. I sure do. Our next one is um, Last Sim on Earth. Thank you so much for coming on, Ryan. What up? All right. Um, honorable mentions, no particular order, Signs of the Sojourner, mm-hmm. Rainbow Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan, mm-hmm. Battle Chasers, colon, Night War, Fallen Star. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our Jetstorm 4 game. I really like that one, too. Yeah, that one's really and good. And then Zwan Yuan Sword 7. Mm. I probably butchered that. Oh, boy. Yeah, that, that's, a long-running Chi- that's a long-running Chinese art yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zim played um, one or two of those last year and mm-hmm. actually put it on the list, too. So that's that's really cool to get that kind of... Um, that's just a whole world I've been yeah. touched. It's very interesting to me. All right. <clears throat> Number three, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Woo! A confidently executed blend of pretty much every sci-fi trope known to man. This was probably my most anticipated release of 2020, and while I wouldn't necessarily say it's perfect, it didn't disappoint as it was exactly the kind of sci-fi bullshit that appeals to me. The structure and the twists and turns kept me gripped the whole way through. The tower defense stuff is easily the lesser half of the game compared to the adventure game portion, but it still contained one of the most exciting climactic moments in recent memory. This homage to the various sci-fi stories that have been beloved by multiple generations is easy to get swept up in, and the fact that it's only the third best game on this list is just as shocking to me as it probably is to you. Coming out, yeah. on, coming out on Switch next year, by the way. It's going to be way Fuck more yeah. accessible format. I'm going to double Finally. <laughs> Excellent. Number two, Anodyne 2 Return to Dust. Ooh. Another game I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, about as good of a thematic follow-up to Even the Ocean that I could possibly hope for. While Even the Ocean was a cautionary tale about capitalist systems that ended in tragedy, Anodyne 2 is a story about questioning an unjust system that treats the symptoms of the disease but not the actual cause of it. This is framed in a wonderful story revolving around the dust cleaner Nova who slowly gains autonomy independent of the system that made her that made her that artfully subverts the silent protagonist trope. If that weren't enough, this is also the best Zelda game I've played in recent memory with a 3D world that is equal parts beautiful and somber and 2D areas that show enough variety in terms of gimmicks that threw me for a loop. Did I mention that the soundtrack absolutely slaps? It bangs. It bangs. Yep. It rules. Um, uh, Desert NPC. Gotti still. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, still. Fucking hell, man. Oh, that was real good. That threw me right back. Jesus Christ. Man, that's so good. Might have to stream that game, I think. Awesome. Um, Even the ocean's real good, too. Mm. Number one, Final Fantasy X. Despite being the first Final Fantasy game I played in earnest, whoa, um, I never actually finished it until this year. Upon replaying it, I was reminded of why I had so many fond memories of it. Everything from the world to the characters to the themes of the story really felt like meeting up with a good friend for the first time in years after so much time apart. The game represents a lot of square veterans at the height of their powers with a well-designed RPG experience that, despite some silly and downright goofy elements on the surface, tells a great story about the cycle of life and death as well as our faith in it. Mm Mm-hmm as well as our faith in it, giving us strength to never lose hope. Despite what the Tidus haters say, his arc and the way it parallels with Yuna is about as well-handled and compelling as something contemporary from around this time could possibly be. The combat system is also terrific, with its strength especially shining with the multitude of terrific boss fights in the second half of the game. It feels so good to finally be able to get past the final Braska Aeon fight that ended my first playthrough all those years ago, and really feel like I completed an emotionally satisfying journey with a memorable cast of characters. This game looks so... 
I, I played this ten years ago, and I've been mm. kind of dying to get back. Final to it Fantasy it ten seems really. Final Fantasy ten is legit. That game's. Super, I, I think super that game's good. legit. I think that a lot of people meme it to death at this point, uh, and it completely missed the point of what's happening, uh, mm-hmm. or what that scene's trying to convey. But yeah, Final Fantasy ten really fucking hits, and it really hits if you've experienced a lot of death in your life. Um, because that game goes real hard on death and how people glorify death. It's just it's really really strong thematically. Yeah, I'm really excited to revisit that one. <laughs> cool, good list, Sam. Good, good list. All right, I have Polly. Another listener list coming to us from Serata Yui. Just gonna start out here. Starts off with you know the the hottest, the latest jams. We got an NES banger here. <clears throat> yeah, GI Joe: The Atlantis Factor. This rather old title is one I got uh, re-inspired to play again this year after watching Beepner stream it and its predecessor, and got reminded all over again that it's damn, it's a lot of fun, even with the even with the odds so steeply stacked against you. Six Joes versus a whole island wouldn't be nearly so enjoyable, but for me, the challenge was always figuring out who was best at what and against which enemies. Always worth a play, especially once you get each character's movement down properly. Yeah, that game's pretty solid. I think I still prefer the first oh. one. Just my personal taste. <laughs> Second one coming in. Seven coming in. Uh, coming in with a banger. Hold on. Brace yourselves. East eight. Okay. East eight. Lacrimosa oh, Donna. There you go. Nice. That's how you get it in there. Adolf Kristen's harem grows. Pick between the uptight and nice Laxia. The energetic Lollicon Rakota. You ain't what? No. No. I think they meant Lolly, not Con. No. We you don't pick. You're not dating Rakota. Don't do that. The dummy bearing. Da- the tummy bearing dancer girl. Uh, Priestess Donna, Polly loves her, and the Amazon blacksmith Kathleen, who's very, very good. The pious sister Nia, or the merchant, who looks like she stumbled in from another game. Dina's fantastic as well. I like her a lot. Nah, just kidding. You get you get shipwrecked, and these are just some of the people you meet as Addo continues his reckless life of adventure. Uh, that's a cross out to replace bit of this. What? what? Somebody left me a note. <laughs> There is an editing note here that I do not understand. It's fine. <laughs> okay. And the third. Record of Lodos War. Dealed it in, deal it in Wonder Labyrinth. Nice. A game I never expected to play, but couldn't resist. Take one long-eared anime girl from the early 1990s, add to Castlevania Symphony of the Night, remove Alucard and his daddy issues, and you have this game. Not nearly as long as Symphony, but still quite well done and enjoyable. That team does amazing work. Good lord. Like, they just hit so good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And even though, like, even if the deal, the deal game didn't quite appeal to me as much as as, as, as Luna Luna Nights. Like, that game still looked real, like a real solid one of those. So, yeah. That's solid list. Good, good, good shit. John Thayer, it is time. Give me a number four. It's time four. for my number four. Number four, baby. Alright, I don't know necessarily how to talk about this one, but alright. <clears throat> I told you all that I put a pretty limited um, smattering of RPGs on my mm. list, so it's quite mm. possible that this is uh, my favorite RPG of the year. Oh boy! Uh, my number four, Xenogears. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Did that one get you by? Did you were you surprised by that one? I was one hundred percent expecting it to to to, to be uh, to, to to be Xenoblade X. 
Oh fuck no! Xenogears is I like Xenogears way more than Xenoblade X. I know. I, like, I thought you were building me. I thought you were doing a build me up to break me down moment there. I thought it was almost a bit because I heard the Xeno and I got <gasps> no wait. This is John. He's gonna fuck with me. Bring it back down. Bring it back down. And then he said no 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 no. no. Xenogears is the Xeno game for this list. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is no content. There is. You have to understand. There is no contest here. Mm. Huh. Xenogear, Xenogears, um, so I fucking hated a lot of this game while I was playing it. <laughs> yeah, that's the tale of Xenogears, really. I spent a long time just like, alright, so the first ten hours, I'm like, holy shit, this rolls. And I got to, like, that big climax with the first time it shows up, and I was like, this is really dope, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. And then, like, fifteen hours after that, mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm, mm, not really feeling these sewers. <sighs> <laughs> Not really feeling this tournament arc. No, it's it's kind of boring. Not really feeling this shit with Billy. Not no. really feeling Billy shooting the bullet that's with his dad in it. But then it oh. turns out that his dad isn't actually in it. It's very moving. It's yeah. <laughs> Billy giving his ex- <laughs> Billy monologuing to the room full of strangers about his traumatic childhood. Oh of, god! Of traffic. Yeah, just, uh, just what the fuck, well, Billy? Place and time, story. Billy. Place and time, my man. Just like Rico having like little bit of Rico's story, and then he just exits for the rest <laughs> of the game. You spend seven hours in this one town, and then it explodes, and then nothing matters for the rest of the game about that segment. He, he's, like, just, well, he's just there to punch things in battle if you need him to. <laughs> Well, that was so. <laughs> and then, and then, but you know, after that segment, there's that little bit on the ocean. Oh where yeah, you and you and Ellie. Yeah, when Faye and Ellie are stuck together, and they're yep. just kind of waxing philosophic as they run out of food mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then it does all the Billy shit. And then you go to fucking Zeal. There you go. You go to one of the game's two Zeals. Mm-hmm. Both of them are awesome. And the music sounds like Zeal. It's so good. And then you go to, and then you do uh, the, all the stuff with Tower of Babel, and you do, um, which was easy platforming for babies that oh, I did yeah, every single absolutely. section on my first yeah. try, and everyone that complains is a weird baby, and um, you should get over it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't remember anything after Tower of Babel, so enlighten me. <laughs> well, you go to second zeal, Yeah, and there's a okay. big act break climax, and then there's the disc break, and then the game is like, hey, you know how those dungeons are like pretty boring and really samey? And just kind of corridors, and it's not great. What if we just took all those out for you? Would you have? A, would you enjoy that, John? And I was like, yes, thank you. It's like that. Uh, well, all right. I'm just going to play this for ten hours now and have a great time. This is no fucking dungeon. This is the point of the game where John's enthusiasm for this game is that Vince McMahon um, meme, where he's getting more and yeah. more excited each with each new development. <laughs> So I was literally just like picking this game back up. Like this is torture. I cannot handle this. I, I, I really, I, I shouldn't play this game. I hate this. And then like over the last like twenty hours, I just went from like, <laughs> this sucks so much. <laughs> this suck. Oh, uh, this, this. Uh oh. Uh, I would. I I think I would die for this game. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. I don't, I don't know, y'all, like, just, it's, it's, it's a lot of boring dungeons, it's really long, it's pretty, it feels pretty, 
Like, obviously, the disc two stuff is very silly. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it feels, and you can feel how much they ran out of money. Even if I'm pretty sure the game that they would have made, the eighty hour game they would have made, if they'd had enough would have been way worse. Worst, way worse. Yep. Um, there's some weird sexism with how they d- with a lot of Ellie stuff in the back. Oh half especially. yeah, yeah, that's not good. There's there's a lot of weird stuff. It's pretty jank. I don't care about most of the characters. I would die for Xenogears, y'all. It's it is is it's just such like I don't I don't it's this a, game. It's a flawed masterpiece. It is a very 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 flawed masterpiece. It's just you just feel the enthusiasm yeah. that they had for this and just throwing all the stuff at the wall but then like still having enough there's like just enough discipline and like thought through and thought throughness to it mm-hmm. that it still pays off so much in the back in the in the back half like it, I I was just like are you still introducing new characters what the fuck is going on and like right when I thought that was like after that they stopped introducing new characters and all of the like seven villains all started having like being a little more differentiated and having their own segments and that one rival guy who has like a whole cloud stripes worth of angst just like thrown at you like <laughs> off to the side like it's so generous. The the extended it's not, is it the lighthouse? There's a whole optional area yeah. in the in the end game that just drops like oh yeah, this is four thousand years after planet Earth. Da, 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 yeah, actually. just casually, just like, just like not even as like a major reveal. That's just part of this world, and you're like, okay, cool. Uh, I like not in a bad way. Just no. like in a, there's so much weight. The way that the Emerelda, the way they play play out her thing almost entirely optionally yeah um there's so many treasures just kind of buried off to the side in this game Mm -hmm. and i fucking loved the love story oh it's really good i feel like that's that's what everything comes yeah yeah i mean like there's a lot to it that i love and a lot that i appreciate about it like but like the love story is like it was the thread that finally tied it all together for me that that landed was like oh okay just like time loop romance across 6,000 years, like buried in tragedy, seizing <laughs> a happy ending out of the wreckage of all this sadness. Yep. Like the, the everything with phase baggage and how that plays out, like the, the, the long segments that are like right out of Final Fantasy seven of the, of the just digging into this guy's head. Um, all of the weird Freud shit that actually lands really well, honestly. Like, the fight, oh, I'm fighting your dad so that I can kill my mom, who is God, also. <laughs> just, like, it it completely works. It's, it just takes all the JRPG bullshit and grounds it in a completely different kind of bullshit that was enraptured, was enraptured, really grabbed me. There, there is a word that I have for this game. It's gravito- mm-hmm. Gravitas. Yes, absolutely. Um, like there, there's. It, it's hard to say like the game is smart because I don't feel like no, that's necessary. I, I think that they, I th- the game gets called smart a lot by people that want to appear smart for liking the smart video game. Uh, mm-hmm. But I in no way think that this game is smart. This feels like something where like a really talented um, high schooler was writing their first big story mm-hmm. and being extremely enthusiastic about it 
And then they got given a lot of money to also turn it into a game at the same time. Remember when that happened to Suikoden 2? And I was going to say, that's the same way Suikoden 2 <laughs> felt, except Suikoden 2 is fucking garbage. So it's like, it's the same thing, but the, the vibe is so much better. Like, the instincts on display here are so much stronger. Yeah. There's an intimacy to how it handles these characters that feels real. Um, it feels like a game written by a couple. <laughs> like Absolutely. In a real way, um, I think the love story here is way, way more earned, way more mature than Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. Like... Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, no, I like I was constantly comparing my head with Final yeah. Fantasy VIII and Chrono Cross, because those are the right. other... Those, those, are the, those are the other trash fire Square games <laughs> that people still love because they're weird. In the, they, are, they are trash fires in very distinct ways. Yeah. And Final Fantasy VIII, I think I almost got there. But the love story just didn't land for me, so I can't. I can't really love it. I like. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun playing it, but it, I, it, there isn't really room in it in my heart for it. Um, Chrono Cross, like I, I love a lot of what that game does thematically. It's drop dead gorgeous. I don't care about any of the characters. any of them. They're all terrible. <laughs> I don't care about any of them. None. None. And that's and that's Buck Wild. So like Chrono Cross, I care. Chrono Cross, I care about zero characters. Final Fantasy VIII, I care about one character. I like Squall. Xenogears, I care about two characters, and that's enough. <laughs> yeah. And I do care about a lot of the side characters in Xenogears, even if a lot of them are very underutilized. Mm. Um, but the way this game... The thing is, it's unfinished in the sense that it doesn't have a lot of the dungeons in the back half. It ends with like a really big world map segment with a lot of cool optional shit, a really beefy last dungeon, a great final boss fight, and then like a buck-wild half-hour ending. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not unfinished in ways that would that matter to me. Yeah, like I was totally. All the parts that need to be there are yeah. there. That that's that's ultimately the same reason that it landed for me is that it just like this is what I wanted. Like they gave me exactly what I wanted, even if these other parts of this thing aren't really what I want. Like I I, I feel no um, antipathy towards my Chrono Cross fans and my FF8 fans. Mm. I'm happy that I found the trash the square. PSX trash fire for me. Mm. Um, the Kawazu ones don't count because those are just obviously great. Those are just um, Kawazu trash fire. Those are Kawazu <laughs> trash fires. That's a different category that's of trash different, fire altogether. a completely different <laughs> category. Xenogears, Xenogears it, t- it was the third one I played. It's probably the least fun to actually play, mm. which is saying something because Chrono Cross is very slow. Oh, God, yeah. It's irredeemably slow. God, they're remaking it's- that. God, if they, they remake, are. if they are remaking that, which that's the that's Uh-oh. that's the the rumor right now that that mm-hmm. Sony for some reason that's what they locked in is they want you gotta have Chrono Cross, of course. Well, hey, if they if they do it with um, if they had a frame skip to Chrono Cross, that would be a huge that would be boost. a pretty big boon, yeah. Because at least that way, if you, you can get through the cool story with care, nobody you care about, and at least it's not <laughs> miserable to play. <laughs> Um, but I, I, Xenogears was the one for me, and, yeah. um, I think that there's an intimacy to it. I love Xenoblade. I, I think Xenoblade is probably a stronger game overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's an intimacy to Xenogears that is not present in Xenoblade 1. Right. That I really connected with, and I still, and I probably like it a little more, um, overall. Um, I'm still, I'm excited for every flavor of Takahashi left for me. I'm really excited to play Xenosaga. I'm really excited for Xenoblade 2. Um, 
Uh, I, I think these these are one of the most joyful games I've slid into in the last year. And I shit-talked Xenoblade X, but I still had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah. Um, you were just testing I, that one, though. What? You were just, you <laughs> were just, just testing yeah, it. Yeah, you were just testing that one. That I actually though. played in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Xeno is... Uh, there, are, there are a lot of, like, reliable RPGs now that I can jump into. Like, I can know I can jump into a Trails game and have a good time. Um... I can probably jump into a Dragon Quest and have a good time. Xeno was kind of a leap for me. And the three games I played over the last year have really, really rewarded that leap. I like Xeno a whole lot. Mm. Um, and that's my number four. And you hear you said you didn't know how to talk about it. You talked for 20 <laughs> minutes about it. Really? You did. No way. You did a good job. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Perhaps my favorite RPG of 2021. Mm. We'll see. Right. So speaking of Chrono Cross, there's this other game called Another Eden. Oh yeah, kind of, yep. It yep. Kind of looks like a mobile thing, but it's on Steam. Yep. And maybe other platforms. It yep. wasn't. It was a mobile thing to begin yeah, with. Yeah, it was. Ah, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. But they're doing like a Chrono Cross collaboration. Yep. I just saw a little bit. It was just like, what? That's why people think that like this this crossover slash like remake thing is happening. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just so funny. I saw like kid and like a jester yeah. character from yeah. chrono cross i'm Carl. just like oh yes all these characters people love from chrono cross yeah now they're in a gotcha <laughs> the guy that looks like he has a, a black pot on his head that guy is so cool he looks nice. like he's got he looks like he's got a black pot on his head and he's in his underwears that's it that's all i know about <laughs> chrono cross there's the there's the dog named poshul it's very mm-hmm. pink there's an alien um, there's the mer- there's a mermaid mm-hmm I there's hope- a there's a skeleton. There's a clown skeleton. Did yeah. we already say clown skeleton? Yeah, we probably did. There's Doctor hope- Lucia, who's kind of, who's smart and wears glasses like Luca. Yeah, and then doesn't do anything. Doesn't do shit. Oh God. There's Glenn, hope- who uses sword and is green like frog, but it, and except but he doesn't do he, anything. He doesn't do it. He has X Strike with Surge. Yeah, how cool! That's oh, just like the thing. You the remember. one double tech. The one double tech in the video game. Oh, there's like five. They're just it's just hard to find them because you have forty five characters, but you can only play with two in addition to Surge at a time. Oh, that's rough. It's okay. I hope you can gotcha roll for all of them now. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's do it. Chronocross was just behind on the times. Now, yeah. now every new RPG has like a billion characters yes. you can collect and roll for. Yeah. Gotta get them JPEGs. Rhett! Hi. Hey, you, you remember when we were doing that podcast about yeah. what games we liked? Oh, God, you can, you can participate now. You can participate. Oh, it's fine. I like the diversion. Oh, absolutely. I like them, too. I'm, <laughs> I, and look, I'm being facetious. Okay. Um. So we're in the top four now. Yes, we, we are. Anymore. Yeah. Yep. John just brought out a big gun with Xeno Gears. That's big. That's big. <laughs> it's okay. like a gun where your dad is in where one of the Where your dad's one of the bullets! You shoot the gun, then you <laughs> sacrifice your dad. What? Is that a Xeno Gears thing? That's a Xeno Gears thing. <laughs> okay, thank God. <laughs> is that a VLR reference? <laughs> Continue, right? <laughs> okay, I'm just saying we're bringing out the big guns now. Something, something, dads. Um, <laughs> my number four, East Nine Monster Knox. Hell yeah! Woo. This had to be on here. Mm-hmm. I feel. I think I was the first one between you know, Polly and Iffy yeah. and me to play it. I blazed through this game. God, yeah! I just started it and just didn't stop. And like, I never got bored for like a single second, even in the middle where it was kind of you know, 
doing the character introduction stuff. I just, I really love the dungeons. I really love all these characters. Mm-hmm. The ge- It just feels very good to play. Yeah. Like, the ease action is still... It's so snappy. It just feels good to whack shit in these games. Yeah. The parrying, you know, the dodging. Oh, God, yeah. The guard stuff still feels great. Mm -hmm. And the story, you know, it takes a while to get going, but there is a ton of intrigue the whole time. Like, edge your seat, like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I remember there's one moment where... When you think the po- the paths are about to cross, and then it really teases you. Oh, it just it like, blue balls you so hard. I could, I've never been cucked by a game it, like that. That was re- it. It oh, it's enough to actually make you mad, you motherfuckers. Like it's a game that you get that emotionally into. Yeah, right? and yeah. Then, and then when the shoe finally drops, you're just like, oh my god, oh. you know. You got that big ass Falcom Final Dungeon. Ooh, oh, it's a just... real good Final Dungeon. And the whole, see, I I did like the raid stuff just as like because they're just flexing how much action they can put into right. this. Right? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and then the final raid section before the last dungeon was just exquisite. Like, <laughs> it's the, pretty the, nuts. They just go so all out with it. Yeah, I think the reason this game would not be higher on my list is because. I cannot help but go, but Ease 8 did everything better. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of something I, I tried to avoid saying when I talked about yeah. it, because like I know that when I was playing this game for the first time, I know I was probably con- consciously or subconsciously tying yeah. it to Ease 8, and Ease 8 is literally perfect. So, I mean, I guess there is all the new movement stuff, but yeah. that's not... I just think in terms of like location, yeah. characters, location, characters and st- like it's all uh, just like, it's um, all um, a hey, notch. Yeah. Hey, all does Ease 8 have a cowgirl? <laughs> I mean, okay, you got me there. There you go. She, she QED. <laughs> She's got some big oh my udders as well. She's got some udders. She's like the most wholesome girl, too. She's literally she's, in a... She's such a sweetheart. She's in a committed relationship, John. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, again, the Monog- character- monogamous cow wife. Yes, you're a monogamous <laughs> cow wife. You can finally have your monogamous cow wife. I've never been more happy for you. It's almost like th- this is the issue Falcom runs into now where they hit it out of the park so consistently. Yeah. That it's hard to be surprised and like impressed where it's just like, of course, this game's really good. But so was the previous one, yeah. which was kind of the same game. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest knock against I can have. I, against feel, I feel like that's just kind of Falcom in general for me. Yeah. It's like, hey, Trails from Zero. This is the story is stunning. This is the same. This is the same yeah. game as Trails, Trails 1 through 3 here. And that- it's going to keep being the same game for like 10, like six more <laughs> games. So, yeah, a little bit I- like, OK, it's like a. It's a it's a curse because they're so good, but mm-hmm. you know I do appreciate the consistency they have going right now for sure. Yeah, whatever it, it clearly works for them. Yeah, like, yeah. I appreciate that so, at least. It really is like, hey, did you love Ease Eight? You'll really like Ease Nine. Yeah, <laughs> it's still got that flavor that you like. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't break it. I mean, that's no. This game's not broken. No, like Bolduc may not be as fun. Or it may not be as visually impressive as the island yeah. it may not feel like it's great of a place but the way that you interact with Balduke yeah. and, and, and the way you get around and, and explore the stuff does help a ton it's for sure. so like again how do you do East 10 and not have that shit 
they got to be like, oh, Adol just has a grappling hook, uh, a fast run option he has. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to be like, fuck it, we're just going to remake East 1 because this is too hard. <laughs> remake East 2 to be fun. You know what? Remake East 2 and it'll be a fun. You said you liked 2. I do like 2. I, man. I was just having some fun with it. I got, <laughs> man, I got to that. I got to that part at the end where it was like, go back and talk to the kid to get the thing. The kid doesn't have the thing. I'm done. The Falcom last, last dungeon in that one is a bit much. It's so, it's so much. big. The Falcom final dungeon. Yeah, like Darm Tower is way more. Un- like I know my way through well, Darm Tower. Like, Darm Tower is like sixty percent of that game, maybe more. Yeah, but I know my way yeah, around no. it, and the way they make you backtrack through it is not as tedious. Darm Tower is very snappy. I like. Darm- yeah, I liked it on my replay. I'm totally fine with game, it. That whole game is tiny, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm considering speedrunning it. It's that tiny, so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So a friend of mine speedruns it, and I was just like, this looks like a really fun run. Oh, oh. Imagine trying to do those bosses, like <sighs> the vampire guy. and Oh, uh, because that's RNG. Uh, on world yeah, record pace. pace. On world yeah. record pace, you get Bajulian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking RNG bosses in a speedrun game. Oh, my God. Really. Getting to trying to being on world record pace going into the final boss of ease one yeah oh Dark god it's like so fucking random yeah oh, that's funny this is the opposite of mario where people can like intentionally delay a frame yeah. to get the pattern they want this is literally we do not know how this rng works to make this bat bastard do what we want him to do <laughs> so yeah my number four is ease nine that's a fucking good, good game strong choice polly yo hey yo number nine hey number i have I have a funny question for the two of you. It's mostly based on observation over the last 30 minutes. Could you tell at all that when we were talking about Xenogears that I was nursing what I would call a distressing nosebleed at the time? Oh. No. Yeah, I was, uh, oh man, I was, uh, pouring blood. Polly, you really like Xenogears. <laughs> I've got this whole pile of tissues here next to me that is oh, no. just drenched in my sweet, lovely blood. I think I'm going to sell these to people oh, in the community Christ. if they want. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I just kind of was wondering if it, if it was noticeable nope. at all that I was just like, my head was back the whole time. I was trying to get it to stop and it was like just pouring out through the Kleenexes. It was like, boy, uh. this is, this is a little distressing. I wonder if I can get this to stop by the time I get my next, uh, turnaround, but we're good and dry now, thankfully. Um, we're good. I was, I was just, yeah, now it, I just, it just seemed like something to bring up. So, I'm like the community after they've heard about buying those tissues. Yeah, they're they're gonna be man. You think NFTs are hot? Wait till you actually just have my human blood. That's a way hotter commodity, I think. <laughs> I feel like I get that more than NFTs. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes more sense. Like it's it's concrete. It is a thing that literally came out of my body. I feel like that's less degenerate. <laughs> it, I would think so. I would feel way more comfortable. I would feel way better about myself selling people Kleenexes drenched in my nose blood than I would selling an NFT of anything on my site on the stupid butt chain. You sell a link to a JPEG. It's the future. It's the future. And we did it. That's going to be the best joke for this year's Scotty cast. <laughs> Yay. We did it. Was right, waiting for the moment. The rest of the episode. I, I mean, I was thinking we peaked with Winky D, but we're we're in. We did it, everybody. I'm proud of us. It only took us it only took us an hour and six minutes into the second episode uh, to finally get a joke that just fucking lands. Woo! 
I'm glad that pressure's off. We can't keep drawing attention to the time. It's going to kill us. <laughs> I'm doing good. We're doing good. We only have, like, we're close to only three left. All right. So, um, Oh, Rhett. Wait, wait, wait. Let me check. Rhett, did E's 9 make you cry? Oh, definitely. Oh, God, okay. yeah. That last chapter, good God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, again, trust in Falcom. Yeah. They'll get you there. They'll get you there. <laughs> so, my number four is not as grand as either of these two. Jesus Christ. I'm following up. Well, I'm following up with, like, literal children's toys, I feel like, at this point. Uh, but, But this is a game that, like, when I look at the shape of my final list, I find it honestly amazing that this game made it this far. Um... It was always going to be on my list, but as, every time I went over my list, this game kept jumping up to a, another spot yes. and another spot. Over the last month, I just kept finding that this game was moving up and inching up and inching up, and I think that it re- this game made it as high as it possibly could. My top three is unassailable. It's a brick wall. Okay. So, yeah. so I know that feeling. So congratulations to Super Crush KO for making it to number four. Oh, wow. yeah. Hell, yeah. Uh, this was a game that I did not expect to fly this fucking high. But the thing that struck me most about this game is that, like, I'm the type of person that when I finish a game, I typically just uninstall it, and I'm done, mm. you know? Like, this this is not a game that has any reason to go back and play it after you finish the campaign, other than maybe, you know, go back and get S-Ranks. I did that on my first time playthrough, though. But uh, I kept this one installed all year. I beat this game in, like, December of last year. I'm pretty sure I beat this game, like, the day after Christmas of last year. If I had to go check my giant bomb list, I'm pretty sure that's where it's at. Uh, I was honestly shocked at how often I would just, like, load this game up to play a level or two on a whim, though. Just, like, when I would be sitting around, I would just, like, I'd pop this game open and be like, I just want to go punch some things and throw throw out and beat a level or two and then just put it back down. Something about this game just clicked for me personally. It's not mechanically deep. It's not Mm -hmm. intensely varied. But there's just something about the way everything feels and has impact that stayed with me and kept pulling me back. I feel like when I was growing up, I feel like this harness... I feel like this game has harnessed something where it's like, I feel like this is a game I wanted to make. And, oh, so, and then somebody uh, made it, and I think that's why it sticks with me. It's just everything feels like it was tailored to my particular... Like, the character moves and feels the way that I like. She can go in and out of combos in a way that I like. You, you pull out your gun and continue the combo in ways that I like. There's so... Like, like everything, like, when you whack an enemy, it just feels real good when you, like, throw, like, a fucking huge combo chain together and finish the level without dropping it. Like... It's it's got such a great style. It's a cute story. It's like it's really easy on the eyes. It's got a style. It's just very nice to look at. And, and, and like, I honestly don't know how to describe anything else about how like this game just feels really fucking good to me. And I couldn't stop playing it over the like like I would never just sit down and do a full dedicated playthrough but I would just pull it up and be like oh, I'm going to go through stage 3 2 now and then maybe yeah. I'll play back through 2 1 and then and, and it's not for to improve my scores because I've already S ranked everything I 100% in this game <laughs> so it's just one of those games that like it hit for me and it hit really good and it tapped into an energy that is just like I just 
fucking love playing it. Oh, just so cool. Yeah, like this game's great. I think that if you like really good feeling action beat 'em ups, platformers, shooters, things of that nature, I know Beefter played it recently, and he seemed to have a pretty good time with it too. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a game to check out. I think like it's 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 not super long. It's not a heavy investment. It'll take you maybe three or four hours to get through everything. Um, but just like. It's got great combat. Like, it feels real good to dash through bullets and have them get canceled. It just feels nice. Mm. Like, there's so much. That, again, it's all just like, it just fucking feels real good. And I, I don't know how else to put it. Like, it's just, hey, it's awesome. I, I, like, it's the joy of playing a video game that you you just like. Like, it's just like, it took me back to those days of sitting in front of a Nintendo and playing something like Contra, because I've been through that game a hundred times, but I sit down and play it again because it just feels good to do. This harnesses that same energy. I can literally see myself still, like, going back and probably playing this game more. I will probably stream this game because I just want an excuse to play it more. And it's, like, I can't explain it. Like, why this game in particular got this kind of reaction from me and why it hooked me so deeply. But I do 100% endorse it. I think this is going to be the game that I champion and hope (laughs) other people, like, come on, just give it a shot. Have some room in your heart for Super Crush KO. I think that you'll find there's a real damn good feeling game in there that'll that'll make you smile, make you feel real good while you're playing it. Yeah, so nice. I think oh, that yeah. rolls, Polly. Yeah. I think you brought the. I think you brought energy that absolutely yeah. stands toe to toe with these nine and eight years. <laughs> you think so? I wasn't <laughs> sure because it's just like wow, no, absolutely. Okay. Here's like grand world spanning uh, RPG <laughs> RPG from a beloved creator that this 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 entire community has grown to love. Hey guys, here's my cute little platformy <laughs> platformer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think part of the energy I've been wanting to get with my list and why I, um, the way I crafted it was I was specifically kind of, oh, we can talk about it. But I, I think I like the idea of celebrating um, games like that. Yeah. I think that's really positive. Yeah. That's why that when, when I was making my list and this game kept inch, this game started at 10. Mm-hmm. Because, wow. Because I was just like, this, like this, does anybody get this other than me? Does it really matter that anybody gets it other than me? No, it doesn't. It goes up a slot. And then the next day, Faroon. Yes, it's my Faroon. <laughs> oh, God. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, Perfect. But, yeah, like, the fact that it, like, it went all the way. Like, this is literally as high as it could go because, like, my number, my three through one have been solidified for so long. Like, those are just... They're such hard locks. The fact that this game got this close and flew this close to the sun, I think that says a lot about what I feel about this game and how much that I would go to bat for it. Awesome. Fucking awesome. All right, rats. I I understand that we've taken a bit of a break from the guest list for the last hour and a half. Um, (laughs) I guess it's time we probably need to get back to those and start digging through the rest, huh? We got got three more. We got three more coming right up. Let's go. Who you got? Uh, This comes from Mm Adamine634. Frank. Hi, Frank. Uh, Number three, Fury. Oh. F-U-R-I. Yeah, that's a good game. Very very stylish action game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fury became one of my favorite action games for its blend of melee and bullet hell action and its unique live systems that gives battles a dynamic tug-of-war tension. But what made me think back on this game so finally is its simple yet cathartic narrative. 
I adore the neon slash synth aesthetic. Yep. It has one of my favorite soundtracks I've heard in a long time, and it oozes style and confidence in everything it does. Yeah, that game's really cool. Yeah, that awesome. game rocks. That game made me learn, like, claw positioning for the <laughs> final boss. Yeah. Final boss rough. Ooh, yeah. Uh, number two, Hierarchy. Hmm. Hierarchy was a, was the only piece of media this year that made me tear up. It's about the scary and vulnerable experience of sharing the dark place your kink comes up from. Sorry, let me start this sentence over. It's about the scary and vulnerable experience of sharing the dark place your kink, come fr- kink comes from, mm-hmm. and if you will be still be accepted after. Mm. The situation and feelings of the protagonist is one I painfully related with, and, and I love and appreciate Hierarchy for providing a good end to this scenario, and I admire the creator for bearing, them, bearing themselves in such a vulnerable way. Hmm. It's really cool. Yep. Number one, Cruelty Squad. Oh, uh, yep. I have no idea what this is. So. Oh, this game yeah. is wild. Mm. I'm endlessly impressed. Oh, okay, I know that... this one. Sorry, go, go ahead. Okay. I'm endlessly impressed that Cruelty Squad became the indie darling it became, despite the dissonant nightmare it is. But what impresses me most is how the most unique FPS I've played is also the best platformer I've experienced in the years. Mm-hmm. It's also the most interesting example of a mood piece in FPS form I've seen since the original Doom, and it mixes dark comedy with the most existentially horrific subject matter I've seen in the medium. It's the most unique game I've played in years, and it's something I hope everyone gives a chance. Yeah, that game is buck wild. Mm-hmm. Honorable mention. There's no way I can leave this list without giving a mention to Deltarune Chapter 2. Mm. It, it was the hyperfixation I needed during a turbulent time. Toby Fox coming in clutch. Yep. Awesome. I think that's the only Deltarune mention. That's wild. I kind of was expecting to hear more Deltarune uh, this year. I mean, it kind of makes sense because that game's like not out, out. It's it's in a weird place because... The same thing happened with Deltarune Chapter 1. Yeah. So next up, we have list. Go ahead. Or what were you going to say? Oh, I was talking to you. Yep. Next one is Sunday's list. Dearest SoxCast, greetings from the last minute. Better late than missing the deadline entirely as I did last year. <laughs> My 2020 faves were Deus Ex, Signs of the Sojourner, and Labyrinth Air Like the Abyss, by the way. Mm. Labyrinth Air Like the Abyss kicked out. very good game. Mm-hmm. This year I've chosen, starting off with a banger, Cataphract Oi! In oh. the wee hours of the night, worn down by overdue papers, I was suddenly possessed by a demon of let's play lots of tactics RPGs. Lucky me, as around the same time, Straka Lillian released the latest in their OI trilogy of intricate and experimental RPG maker games. A well of meaningful tactical uncertainty cultivated quite differently from a percentage success system and perfectly structured for someone burning the midnight oil. What a sublime joy puzzling this game apart and it's poetic to boot. Um, I, I, I want to take a second because I fucking love this game. Yeah. Um, it was really, really strong. I think it was like, I, I could have, I think I could have easily come away from it like, oh, this is a fucking masterpiece. I just mm-hmm. had like, a weird situation where there are like four different puzzle elements to the final boss and I got, and they're all like telegraphed. Like it all makes sense. It's just, I got tripped up on every single one. Of them. <laughs> oh no. So I wound up having to spend like a full hour on the last boss. So you polyed your way in that one. Uh huh. So that's why it's not on my list, even though I, I really did love it and respect it a lot. Mm. Um, it's been updated also to let you skip the cutscene before the final boss. Oh, that nice. Also a that's bit. good. That's good. But, but that game, that game is really strong, and it's a really strong dungeon crawler. And it's and if you're interested, especially in like RPG maker mechanic stuff, um, it's it's breathtaking. Cool. Um, 
Resia Notabi, the train travel. So I Googled this just now. Uh-huh. Uh, this is really wild looking. Like y'all should maybe take a gander. We'll um, but I'm fascinated by mundane game apps. The CTF underscore my house kind of stuff. <laughs> this one underneath. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one struck me with, uh, struck with me, stuck with me after a Sven. A lot of challenging words here. This one stuck <laughs> with me after a Sven Coop exploration stream with deep Toby June and bleep. Oh, Sven Co-op. Sven Co-op. Yes. It is a co-op. Map exp- uh, it is a co-op uh, game about exploring mundane maps. Yeah, yeah. A spatially inspiring collage of a train trip across Japan. Component parts include compressed photos of buildings as backdrops for chaotic train rides, punctuated by quiet yet cooperative ceremonies. This looks very cool. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Pokemon Crystal Clear, ROM hack. Mm. My friend and I played through this on call to re- reconnect. An appropriate choice. Pokemon has a knack for cultivating the moments where an RPG becomes interpersonal. Surprisingly, removing many of its constraints in favor of an open world format highlights that strength with Care Sunday. Got it. Good. All right. Pokemon Crystal Clear looks really cool. It looks yeah. like a very <laughs> smart um, way of rethinking how those games are structured. Yeah, yeah. The one Pokemon game, and it's a ROM hack. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Just as God intended. The only, the only time Pokemon can actually maybe <laughs> has a chance to be good. All right. <laughs> I have another listener list that comes to us in the form of waveforms that will go inside your ear holes. And this one comes from somebody who will be penetrating your ear holes even more over the course of the... You've already heard him, in fact. Uh, This one comes from our dear pal, Psychic Heist. So let's get a finger on the play button in three, two, one, play. Hello, SoxCast. Psychic Heist here with my top three games of the year. 2021 was a bit of a strange year in gaming for me where I felt like I sampled many things, but only finished maybe five or six games. A couple of those were replays. But I attribute all of that to the fact that this year has just been very busy for me when it comes to responsibilities in my work and family life. Before I list my top three, I just want to sneak in a quick honorable mention to Melty Blood Type Lumina, which saved fighting games for me this year. <laughs> I feel like I'm still learning the ins and outs of it, hence why it's not top three. Now, for my number three game, I'm giving that spot to Metroid Dread. I have a slight hunch this one shows up on a lot of lists, (laughs) and for very good reason. It's a game that proves itself to be a worthy numbered entry in the revered Metroid series by at once being a love letter to the franchise while also being its own strong, refreshing voice. Spot two on my list goes to the first Danganronpa, Trigger Happy Habit. What can I say? This series has been on my playlist for a while, and finally getting to experience it was like everything about this game just fit me like a glove, and it more than lived up to the hype and praise set by the Sox community. I had such a great time with this game, I just wanted to savor that experience before going into Danganronpa 2, which is at the top of my list to play for next year. Hell yeah! And my number one game of the year goes to John Thayer's Facets. Look, I wrote a little piece on my experience with facets on the forums and what it meant to me. But to summarize and keep it brief here, I feel like facets succeeded in not only accomplishing everything it set out to do, but I also connected with it personally 
And it was a thrill playing John's game and being able to identify all the influences and things he loves from video games and what I've gotten to know about him through the SoxCast over the years. All of it is just wrapped up in a super focused and intense package that I think about daily. So there you have it. Everyone stay safe these holidays and all my love, Psychic Heist. Ooh, there's a good one. They blindsided one. me. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> oh, I did not know. I had no idea. I don't screen oh. these, so like clearly those are. Oh wow, I was legitimately shocked, man. That's big. That made me really happy. Thanks a lot, dog. I really appreciate it. I saw you mute right beforehand. Yeah. I was like, John, don't unmute. John, yeah, please. Like, was very, it was very, it's very funny. I did mute and like unplug my headphones so I could go get water. And oh. then I heard him say facets. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but I was still hearing. Everything. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It was just like you, you, we didn't get that immediate reaction because you were literally like listening to it on your speakers, like from across the room. <laughs> I was like, oh, so instead I just had to sit on it for like. Like a minute. Oh, <laughs> that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I posted a very sweet. Um, yeah, that was a really form, and it made me really, happy. really good. But yeah, that was, I, I I put a I I thought a lot about the facets world this year. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to mm-hmm. know I connected with a new person that well. Yep, that's bad. Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much for the list, PH, and thanks again for all the positive vibes you continue to send throughout this community. Believe me, Absolutely. we all notice. Believe me. Um, yep. All right. And not just because you like my game specifically. <laughs> well, I mean, that's part <laughs> of it. It helps. It helps. That certainly helps. <laughs> all right. Here we go. We, uh, we, all right. We, uh, uh, once again... We find ourselves in the danger zone. Here it is, the top three, where this is basically it, man. This is the big leagues. <laughs> yeah, the marbles. No, only, only the best of the best, the cream <laughs> of the crop, Uh-oh. arrives in the top three. The cream rises to the top. Oh, yeah. The cream rises to the top. Ooh, okay, John, so, give us yeah, your cream. Right? Give us your cream. Um, well, again, you told me, you heard me said that I did a pretty trimmed down list of like RPGs and super long games this year because I was getting pretty tired of a lot of them and I didn't really necessarily in- want to include every single one that I played mm-hmm. um, that I liked just because like I wanted to I wanted to c- celebrate some kind of other experiences. Um, so that meant that if Xenogears was the last one, then that would have been my favorite RPG of the year. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Waiting for it. was not my favorite RPG of the year. My number three is Aventicle. I knew House. it. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Again! Once more! I could not be happier for my baby boy! <laughs> I, I knew this was coming. I just didn't want to say anything. I mean, ha- yeah, like this... You don't like watching your playthrough of this over the last <laughs> month has absolutely been just like... I like if this does not appear on his list, what the fuck happened? What are we even doing? What are we even doing? Yourself? If you lie to yourself and this game does not end up behind the velvet rope, right? Come on. This game is fifty fucking hours. <laughs> hey, that how long to be it said twenty. I don't know why where that came from. It was absolutely fifty fucking hours of pure joy in my veins. Mm-hmm. I was grinning ear to ear constantly playing this game. Every time I saw something I thought was funny or hot, 
um, or I wanted to share with friends, I took a screenshot and I ended the game with a screenshot folder that had over 3,000 pics. Good fucking God! (laughs) I took 3,000 screenshots. Did you literally screenshot every line of dialogue? There are scenes where I would do that because it was such a choice scene. (laughs) I've done like like 800 for trails. I thought that was a lot. Right. I had 3,000 screenshots. I did like 500 for Mega Dimension Neptunia. (laughs) Yeah, that's another good one. Well, uh, maybe a ventricle just has more good parts than (laughs) Mega Dimension Neptunia and (laughs) Trails. It's got some parts that it's, Neptune here does not. Yeah. To be clear, again, this is this is um, a 2015 Alisoft RPG. Um, this is another erotic RPG mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. by the creators of Rants. Yeah. Um, this was sold to me as wholesome Alisoft. I mean, I wouldn't really say that's the case. <laughs> this is still pretty. Pre- this is not wholesome. No. I would say this is not wholesome. I would say that it is. Very much on par with every the the like the big difference is that um um is that Aster's a pretty nice boy for the most part. Yeah. Um their main boy is pretty nice. He just loves girls and he wants to marry lots of girls. Yeah, he doesn't seem um, super rapey, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> Instead of versus Rance, who is overtly a rapist in all of his games. Yes. Constantly. Yes. Um and Aster is, for the most part, um, very nice, and that's a, that's pretty refreshing, I think, in comparison. The game is still real rapey. It still has lots of bad parts, just throughout. Just not um, after doing them. Um. Okay. Look, they like they like contrive a scenario like right near the end that I was like I was like, okay, you're kind of throwing this together in a really weird way. Uh. It's like this person will die if you don't do da 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 because of X Y Z magic. So it's, look. Okay. Listen, generally, listen, listen. <laughs> uh, so this is an RPG. It, it takes a lot of inspiration from Trails. I think the main villains literally have Ouroboros tattoos, <laughs> which is stunning. <laughs> what was that sound, Polly? What was that sound, Polly? Bile cu- rising up. <laughs> I mean, the villains literally have Ouroboros tattoos. I, do. That's I love, cool. I love that Alisoft is literally just porno Falcon. <laughs> this is it. the The way the the stories progress, the way like each chapter is like, and he, here's a chapter where we're kind of living with this character for a while. The way it's episodic, right? Like each you go to a new country, basically, and uh, in the way that you would go to a new town and trails, and each of those countries has their own little adventure that culminates in a cool way. Uh, usually with, like, a big character beat right near the end with one of the characters, like, having a cool arc to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels a lot like Trails. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the thing I was, like, holding my breath on the whole game was, like, is this actually going to, like, bring it home in a good way? Because mm-hmm. I haven't really experienced, like, modern-day Alisoft. I played classic Alisoft. Those don't really go for the feels no. the same way that... The feelings the same way that a modern Falcom game would or whatnot. Um, but I still really like those classic games. Um, this absolutely goes for the feelings in a really huge way. It goes for big RPG set pieces in a really cool way. There's a giant, there's a badass final dungeon where you refight bosses from throughout the game, except that you fight that you can only fight them with one of your characters at a time. And then as you're walking down the hallway to like the refight, the two characters have like a moving conver- Aster and one of the wives have a moving conversation. 
<laughs> that talks about the relationship, and then you fight a boss that is tailor made for those two characters fighting together. <laughs> That's just like part of the cool final dungeon, which is like also like a biological level. Like, oh, <laughs> the music's really good. The climax is really good. Um, <laughs> it goes hard thematically in a way I didn't expect. Where it like genuinely um, interrogates the the nature of its world it's not progressive i would say oh no no um, hell no but it um it, it's thinking about it and and the conclusions it comes to are really interesting to me because it it's ultimately like the theming of the game is that it's about desire mm-hmm. as a force um where this is a world that has been very much ruled by the church and it's a world where people are all repressing desire in a way that has kind of led to the world stagnating in a certain way. Right. But the villains are people that have fully given themselves over to their various desires. There's a lot of Seven Deadly Sins theming, which is done really well here, yeah. honestly. Nice. <laughs> um, and that's not good either, because they're really bad. It's a lot of edgy shit. Um, oh, okay. And... So the, the, way that, the way that Aster and, the, and his wives attempt to kind of display a balance between those two where they're basically saying you know this villain's kind of right in the sense that what the church is doing here is kind of fucked up and we maybe need to change um but you're also still going to kill everybody so we're gonna yeah so we do need to stop you um i i was really intrigued by it and moved by it ultimately and again the game is so constantly funny and creator, the localization is stellar. I love all of these characters. I love the different voices every character has. That's something that I picked um, up on just from your screenshots, is that the writing, um, as somebody who has edited translations before, the writing seemed super fucking loved on and, and, and just mm-hmm. massaged in all the right ways to give characters a unique voice. And the characters themselves are voiced, and a lot of the voice acting is stellar. Mm-hmm. Kath especially is fantastic. The way she, like, no, 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 like, will stutter on a specific thing right when she gets nervous, like, under age, she gets bashful. It's extremely good. Um, the porn is, con- there's like 60 scenes or something throughout the game. Good it's lord! Like, it's That's just like, they're like, and they're like five, and they're like three to four, five minutes long. So mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just like, in and out, so to speak. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how sex typically works. And it's like the the gumption that they go into being really creative and varied and making every sex scene different from all the other sex scenes mm-hmm. um, is really impressive and joyful to me. Hmm. Um, a lot of that comes from like taking classic tropes and just making them nice. Like there's a nice tentacle scene. Yeah. <laughs> There's a nice monster TF scene, like, and there's a lot of mean scenes too. It's got it's it, it the the point is that it's like once it is giving you this large um, overview of all these things that Arrowgate can be, mm-hmm. while in the process of it being a really fun, cool RPG. That like while the middle of the game, I kind of was sleepwalking through a lot of the fighting. Uh, by the end of the game, it like had picked back up, and the fights were there, were really creative and cool. There's a late game boss that's just like, pick, like just does almost an insta kill move on your characters, mm-hmm. and he picks off one character, and then he has to charge for a turn, and then he picks off another character, and he has to charge for a turn. Right. So it's like that 
timer fight. Yeah. Except he and he picks off your the one person that can resurrect people first. Oh, perfect. And it fits with his character in a cool way. Um, there's a lot of cool moments like that. It's just it's really pretty. Um, the fighting is extremely fast. Um, you, there's even a frame skip button, even though the fighting is already really fast on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, while still having like some cool weight to it, I just I fucking love this game a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and it's my favorite Alisoft game. Nice. That's saying something. That's because pretty Alisoft high. Is because Alisoft is Falcom, but yeah. better. But, oh, of course, of course, <laughs> as we all know, and this this just. I think I'm. I think I like modern Alisoft even more than like classic '90s Alisoft, and I love classic '90s Alisoft. Um, I'm really excited for like the the early Zeros games. I haven't really played any of those, um, but this has just been an extremely rewarding well um, to go down. I, th- I still think these, oh, there's a lot in these games that is fucking um, irredeemable. Not just because it's like porn, but even things that don't add to like the porn mm-hmm. like it's every now and then it's really homophobic every now and then it's really transphobic yeah um i think the underlying politics are ugly in certain ways that are not that um and, and the po- underlying politics are still obviously like ugly yeah. in ways even even accounting for it being porn um so i don't want to oversell what it is it's more like Instead, of, it's more like this is the precisely the loved, the most loved on possible version of exactly the kind of trash <laughs> I really want right now. <laughs> um, and the fact that last year rants like hit me out of nowhere, um, right when I think I was most ready for that vision, um, and then this game hit me a year later, and it's like. It's almost like commitment porn because this is a game about marrying people forever and you just can't do that constantly. And then the consequences of those relationships play out for the entire rest of the game because you're connected to these people. Um, and I was in a particularly good place to jump into that fantasy in a very nice way of just this, this boy that will happily um, leap into these long-term commitments. And wives. And wives, baby! Don't forget the wives. Um, oh my god! I just, I had a really good time with this game. I could tell you had a good time every forty minutes. Every forty minutes. Um. So I hope. I, I hope again. Content warnings for days. Um, I don't oh, absolutely. Want any, yeah. The one. The number one thing I don't want to ever to happen from me talking about these games um, on the podcast and not on main, as you may notice. Right. Um, yeah. Is I don't want somebody to hear me waxing praise and leap in without knowing yeah you have and, to understand and, and, and what you're hurt, getting into yeah because yeah, so it is Alice not Hoffman, it's not friendly content <laughs> no yeah. there's a lot of rape there's a lot of other yeah like uncouth, this there's a lot of incest there's a lot of other uncouth content here yeah uh in addition to like a transphobic beat that knocked a friend from a loop in a major way Ooh. like that's Oof. like that's that shit sucks um and, but you know, that's we've been around that block. I put boyfriend to death on a list one here. I think I put Sonya Saya. <laughs> yeah, and I think Sonya Saya is a lot more objectionable than this. Ooh, personally. Boy, yeah, that's got some stuff. Uh-huh. So that's I. 
I, that's one I that and this is also the cu- closest I've ever cut it because I finished this on Monday. Yeah, like this is really fresh. Yep, I feel good about it. I don't feel like I'm. Uh, I don't feel like this is recency bias here. I think that this was earnestly. This was the twelfth RPG I played this year, and it is the only one that could have been this much fun moment to moment when I was already burnt out. Yeah. It was just like, oh my god. Oh, these games can be these games can be just fun. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the big things I take away from Alisoft is just like that they they feel committed to imbuing um, a specific kind of joy into every every scenario and scene. Um, and that breaks me, and that makes me so happy. And I think it's a breath of fresh air compared to a lot of stuff. Right, right, right. That's my number three. Right. Love y'all. Love y'all to bits. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for loving me back. We are <laughs> proud of you, John. We could not be happier. John, who do you thank for your life? Fucking love Kath. I yeah, I was going to say, Kath seemed to be like the the winner to me. She's oh, very good. I love Reesh. Uh, a lot of the stay-at-home wives are very good also. I love Tama. <laughs> I love all Toa of them. Toa really good. Yeah. Toa seems Toa Toa is that that's that's a thing here. I said every frame, every second, they're trying to figure out how do we imbue this with joy. And Toa's job in the story is to deliver exposition about what country you're going to. You meet her when you go into a new country, and then she pulls out a little storybook with little illustrations and tells you about the history of this country. That would be so boring in almost any other game. And then they tie. They just made this whole character, whole cloth, to be just one of the most loving, lovable per- people, lovable characters. Have her tie into the story in other cool ways, and have her present this exposition in a really cute, joyful way. Yeah. Like in a lot of ways, that's the kind of energy I want to capture in my own stuff. Hmm. So I, yeah, that's my number three. All right, Rhett, number three. Ugh. it's hard to follow these sometimes, isn't it? Maybe- <laughs> Maybe next year I'll do Rhett John Polly for the order. <laughs> <laughs> Set the bar real low. Uh, I don't think this one is going to come as much of a surprise. Mm-hmm. It's been mentioned many, many times already. Right. Uh, my my number three is Metroid Dread. That's, Hell yeah. yeah. That's a solid pick. It's. I have a weird arc with this game, though. So, mm-hmm. obviously... Really liked it. Yeah. I think the first day I kind of griped about the controls being a little slippery. And, like, Samus is so fast and so action game focused in this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't so, like, seem too that, enthused about that at first. Yeah. But that was that was first day. Like, I got over it. But then I beat the game. So I, and I also kind of tilted on the final boss. <laughs> I didn't understand what was going on with the shield, which I guess is a Samus Returns thing. I didn't understand. I completely brain farted on the counter. Oh, yeah. And, like, you literally can't beat the first phase without the counter. Yeah, you have to do it. Yep. So, final boss. So, I'm not holding that against the game, obviously. No. I, it was like, I finished the game and was like, well, that was a nice, good, guided Metroid experience like Fusion. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the forums, and I saw these skips that people were doing, and I go, oh. Oh, that's baby. That's interesting. Yes, you can get that is. early. I didn't know that, I didn't know you could do that. And then, obviously, over the next few weeks, just seeing how much actual understanding of Metroid went into this game and how 
you can get items out of order and how that changes the speed run and like the fact that this was definitely a lot of it, I mean a lot of it was intended and then there's the yeah. insane shit that obviously wasn't like reset this cutscene three times to walk out of bounds and then oh you have the gravity suit now or so you know like there's also fun breaks that are in there, but like even the intended stuff is still really fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why this is my number three is because I beat the game once and was like, okay, that was that was good, that was good. Yeah. And then I started a hard mode file and I did one of the sequence breaks to get like the grappling hook and the bombs early. And then I, I found like a different skip, so I started a third file, and part like I learned how to do underwater bomb jump. Oh man, that like, one's that one's really hard. It's really weird. It seems kind of hacky. It's like maybe it's a thing left over from the other games that they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just make it work the same in this or something. Yeah. Where it's like if you bomb jump underwater and then untuck, you store that momentum or something. Yeah. And then then you can get a second one. So anyways, uh, on my third file, I skipped an item and was like, oh, is that going to bite me in the ass later? And then I skipped another item, the space mm, jump. That's like, the, skipping the fucking space jump is just, oh god. And this all felt deliberately designed by them for, like, that they knew this could happen. Mm-hmm. I skipped the space jump and I skipped the double jump entirely. <laughs> so I got, and I remember the first time I fought the experiment boss thinking, wow, it's really cool that they're doing action bosses now, assuming that you have the space jump. Like, that really changes, you know, the space that Samus can move around in. Like, you've got all this verticality now, yeah. and they have a boss designed for that. Going into that boss without <laughs> even the fucking double jump Ooh, was boy, just like... that's scary. Oh, that's a new level of scary. This boss should be named Nightmare now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that one was especially scary because you're kind of locked in at that point. Yep. You can't you cannot, get not Yeah, you're but done. It, wasn't actually that hard. It's like, oh, you actually can just straight jump over a lot of these attacks. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the final boss with no double jump. Oh, baby. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, this one's going to be a little This is where it falls apart. You keep going through, and you, there's that... You, I th- know. you think it's going to fall apart at some point. Yeah. I'm like, they they probably didn't really count for this. And then I beat the final boss without the double jump, even though there's a move that you really, really have to kind of double jump over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though I do actually know that there is a way to get over it now using the cross bombs, mm-hmm. you can just tank the damage and still kind of win that yeah. way. And the last the last phase of the final boss without double jump is fucking intense. <laughs> Cause he's got that lock on with the huge laser. Oh yeah. Oh, That's and when you have when you have way less movable you know, maneuverability in the air. Yeah. Like you still have the dash. I still had the dash. You can't yeah. I don't think you can skip that. But just like being like, oh, I, I have to, I have to stay as high up as I can to duck under this fucking <laughs> giant laser, and then, oh, there's that attack. Do the super, do, do the power bomb. Like a very exciting final boss, and then you get to the escape. Oh <laughs> my god! Uh, the first time I played the game, I did the escape on my first time, first attempt. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy game. I've literally never failed the escape. I failed the fucking escape with no double jump like oh, 10 yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, because it gets real fucked at the end with what you gotta do. There's a part at the end where there's a bunch of screw attack blocks <laughs> that the late, the gun you get at the end can break them so you don't actually have to jump into them, which mm-hmm. means you can shoot them very quickly and then do a rapid ball jump, yeah. you know, ball cop climb. I had to teach myself how to climb fast enough break vertically in order to beat the game and I had to do it under time pressure after like <laughs> I, 
after like two minutes of, you know, the regular escape, beating this game without the double jump was like so overwhelmingly the most satisfying, like pure gameplay thing I've done in a game this year. And you cried afterward. This is probably the one game I didn't cry at all at. I was thinking you would cry at the end because you pulled that off. I mean, it felt pretty fucking good for sure. It was so weird because then I went back to my hard mode file and hard mode felt so easy now because I didn't skip any items. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, okay, hard, hard mode was fine. But be- <laughs> but have you beaten the game without the double jump because that's the real hard mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the fact that they made this game be as versatile and adapt to speedrunning stuff and, you know... Me- the, it's not as linear as it seems at first glance, and that's really, really cool. And it just feels incredibly good to move around and play. Yeah. Like, again, we talked about that fucking dash is just <sighs> double line. Like, moving... <laughs> like, like, like your first time through this game, it will feel maybe more cramped than it is because you're not used mm-hmm. to the language that the game is communicating yeah. yet. But your second time through, you notice things, and you pick up on so much more that you, you're, you're mm-hmm. going to come away with a much better run the second time. Yeah, like I know people that have that have ended their first run with like four E tanks, <laughs> like and they get to that final boss. It's just like you got to tough that you got to tough that shit out, boy. <laughs> Sorry about your luck. They do put a lot of the like the one hundred E tanks like kind of on the critical path. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think is nice. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely good playing action Metroid game. Yeah. Like, I was very mm. pleased with it. I beat it, like, three times the same weekend. Like, I beat it, like, on a Thursday and then played the game, like, two more times mm. on that Fantastic. weekend. Was just like, oh, yeah. That was a lot. That was probably enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hit again, that was point, so- I think, like, this past weekend where I played through it one more time. Oh, nice. And it's just like, okay, I'm putting this back in the box now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was so funny, like, beating it with, with the the the, the, the non-double jump run, and then loading up hard file and, like, beating it, like, again, just like, three like, years later. Yeah, like, it's nothing. Just, like, yeah, that, again, that final boss went from, like, overwhelmingly intimidating to, like, <laughs> you are dialed in, I have, I have downloaded you. You have bitch. been downloaded, bitch. <laughs> the lore is mine. <laughs> yeah, so that's a really great game. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. So, Polly, yo, what's your number three? I think you did a good job following up there, Rhett. That was a pretty <laughs> damn you. good follow up. Now it's up to I me. Think... Jesus Christ. Okay. Woo. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So no I feel like I feel like this one arriving at my number three slot, almost a saga in and of itself, uh, in a way. <laughs> um, it's a saga. It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> with uh, the series' convoluted take on how it's presented. Oh God. Yep. It's narrative. Oh, <laughs> To the, there it is. To its various releases being split up on like every which way on like where do I play this one? Which do I want to play this version or do I play this version? Do I buy this one? I can't find this version physically now. Oh no, wait, they're just started reselling it now for some reason. Okay, you can buy that, and it's not under limited run anymore for some reason. I don't know. My number three is Mary Skelter 2. Fuck yes. Oh man, like who oh, boy. A lot going on here, a lot to unpack, because Mary Ske- like engaging with Mary Skelter is a very weird thing, because Mary Skelter 2 is the first game. Just remember that. If you want to play this series, just play Mary Skelter 2 first. Um, but, but Idea Factory has basically delivered big on what I would 
probably say is probably like my comfort food game of the year. Like this game was just easy to kind of sit around with my switch in handheld mode and fill in them squares on maps and fight battles and make numbers get bigger and then do little puzzles and dungeons and boy just like you know and then like putting it down for a couple weeks instead of like shotgunning the whole thing like I normally would I think that helped a lot too because um, I typically like when I play a video game I'm just going to play the video game until I'm done um mm-hmm. With this game, I approached it differently because I knew that this was going to be a 70 to 80 hour beast and it took me 72 hours and I was just like, all right, I'm going to like do a chapter, which is usually one dungeon that's usually five to seven floors. I'm going to put that down for a few days to a week and come back. And I played this whole game without shotgunning anything and it, it felt real good. Um, so, so, um, it may not be the most elegant dungeon crawler I've ever played, and it may not have, like, the best customization options. This is not, Etri and Odyssey, this ain't. Okay, folks? Like, we are playing kind of a cheesecake, uh, RPG here. Like, you look at some of these character designs, and you know what they're going for. You know what they're marketing. (laughs) But, but Mary Skelter, it's something I've always rooted for, because even when I hadn't played it yet, like I, I got one look at those visual, the the, the key art of uh of just Alice, yeah, you know, like the very first key art of Alice from the first game that they used for the the box art. It was just like that is immediately striking and it appeals to me in every way. And then when he's like, oh, it's a dungeon crawler, you have my attention even more. And we've crossed it with a horror trope. You really have clicked <laughs> me. And then and then they mix fun fairy tale stuff in on top of that to help to help theme each girl. And it's just like. This is a wildly interesting and, and I feel like wholly original idea um, that like, like despite the fact like it, it, d- despite the fact that it's made on a shoestring budget, these games still come out still being really striking and interesting mm-hmm. looking and like the soundtracks go really fucking hard. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it, it's really good. And like the dungeoning kept me, it kept me engaged. I felt great the entire time. Like, like when, when a nightmare jumps you out of nowhere and you lose your map, you lose ability to go into a menu, you know, you, you were suddenly caught with your pants down running from an enemy that cannot be killed, only knocked down so that you can hopefully escape. Um, that, that shit was just like, that is something that I feel that like, I bet that would really make a lot of people mad that play these kinds of games because they just kind of like, you know, I like filling in the squares and, and fighting the easy battles. Whereas, like, this game, it does a lot of things different. Like, for instance, this game has a huge focus on story. Huge! Like, there were points in time where I would literally spend, like, an hour in cutscenes and, and visual novel sequences. This game huh. loves its lore, it loves its characters, it loves its story... And it is doing its damnedest to present them in the best way possible, despite the fact that they've got to work from a very limited uh, visual novel style. They don't have a whole lot of CGs, and when they use a CG, it, they make it work. They make it mean something. So it's it, it's just fantastic, and it, it it's a game that blows way past what you would expect it to be if you, you hear that, like... Uh, that surface explanation of it's like, oh, it's an anime dungeon crawler, you know, that's got some cheesecake titty in it every once in a while, you know. Like, but it's that's not the focus, you know, like, despite the fact that, like, those titillating elements are there. Uh, it's not the focus. Uh, this game builds itself around a, a really well-done love story that has a heart. Um, and they follow <laughs> through on it really big. Um, 
like like the 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 love story between Otsu and Little Mermaid is just this constant beating heart in this kind of dead world that these girls are trying to figure out and you know because everything's totally fucked everyone they knew is dead and they've only got each other and you did like this love story in the end propping up all of those themes it just kind of all comes together really well and like the fact that the the, the, the two me the two female leads literally like get married um, and it's not—it's not like a scene you have to earn. It's not like a secret ending or something. It's just a matter of course that like their feelings get so big that they're alone and they're just like, why don't we just get married? We don't need a priest or anything. They say vows to each other, and it's a really sweet moment when they give you like the CG <laughs> moment where they actually kiss and there is implied sexual relations afterward. Like it's just really fucking sweet and it caught me off guard in a way that i was not expecting this game to do um because it is a funny game a lot of the times it plays on those anime tropes a lot it likes to use them for humor but i was really shocked at how hard this game went for the emotions especially when you start getting towards the end um and 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 how this love story is at the center of everything happening in this world and how that like, like like and what that may mean for everything going on around these characters and when you get that run up to the 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 game's finale when you're kind of running through the final dungeony bit and like the climax is playing out from all these different perspectives literally kind of like had to put my controller down for a moment and be like this game is giving me really, really big feelings right now, and I did not expect to be fucking crying at the end of an Idea Factory game, you know? Um, and the way it sets everything up, you know, like, with, 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 with these two main characters and how they journey forth into what will become Mary Skelter finale, it's just like, man, you guys just, like, you pulled a Falcom! Oh my god! <laughs> it's really that strong. The character, like the characterizations, the way they set up their whole climax, the way that like the 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 big feelings start happening, and 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 like and the world comes tumbling down, and there's just like, what do we do Ugh. about this? It's it shocked me. This is a game that continued shocking me, like just with how smart and good it was doing everything that it was doing, despite what you think would hold it back from being able to do so it's just such a triumph and like like they triumphed and did everything they wanted to do i think and and i'm so ridiculously excited and looking forward to the next time a dungeon crawler feel hits because it it has to be finale like i've got to know how mm -hmm. this ends because what they set up is really fucking big um cool and how all of this reverberates through the rest of these stories and the way these characters are, you know, pulled into that drama. It's just like, man, that's just, I can't believe they did this. It's just like, this is like, Mary Skelter went from being a thing where I was just like, man, that seems really fucking neat. Uh, and admiring mm -hmm. from afar. And when I finally was able to kind of get my in and, 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 and experience it for myself, it, it went from, that's kind of neat to, I just really love this. Like, it's really, like, just from the aesthetics to the story to the characters, top to bottom, it just killed it in a way that just... Again, I just wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. Just so fucking cool, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's... 
Yeah, like if if there's like a a saga of that, that was my favorite this year, it was me kind of continuously <laughs> playing this game and just almost daring it to get bad. It's like, come on, you're gonna drop me at some point. I know it. You're going to drop me. This is Idea Factory. I quit you guys. Remember? Remember we we, we completely. Yeah. I made you persona non grata from here on out. And wow, okay, uh, never mind. Persona I, non grata is when you are bur- as burned with somebody as you are with Atlas. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like I hate you as much as Atlas. Bye. Yeah. Like that. Like I. I made a big to do of it after Death End request. I was like, we're done. Yep. Idea Factory. We can't do this anymore. And then Mary Skelter was like, check me out though. I can't keep doing this, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I get that reference. <laughs> Mary Skelter now. <laughs> oh, it has been Mary he- Skelter heaven now. <laughs> Polly. It, it was it was an absolute joy mm-hmm. to watch you slowly connect with this game in this series and parse it out and play twelve hours of one yeah. of them and then drop it and then play twelve hours of a different and then play all of a different one because you <laughs> thought okay wait I need to play this one actually yeah first yeah. like I it's just like I, it's one of those games like it's like East Nine in a way like where East Nine got stuck in my craw and I couldn't let it go mm-hmm. so I had to come back. Like, Mary Skelter was, like, when I first played it and I got to that point where I was like, I can't do this anymore with the PC version. And then, then like, you know, reading up a bit more about how Mary Skelter 2 was the first one and that you should probably start there. And then, you know, you can probably just watch cutscenes for, uh, for uh, uh, Mary Skelter 1. You can just do that on Mary Skelter Finale if you want. Finale comes with the VN versions of 2 and 1, right? Yes. And, so you, can, you, and can, you can read 1 and catch up fully. It, it also comes with a visual novel that is just a dating sim and also... And the, the, the dating sim is also has a portion that is an epilogue to Mary's Galter finale. Oh my god! Holy shit! They just released like free DLC for it like a couple months ago. That's just like it's an update where like you can play this other portion. Like it's not even part of the main dating sim, so you can't accidentally see it. It's just like here's the Mary uh. here's a Mary Skelter finale epilogue. I'm like, wow, that's man. <laughs> What a weird fucking series, man. It just it, it just seems like something where. Some people have found themselves in the position where they are being tasked with making some new cheesecake RPG, mm-hmm. and they elected to commit very hard to the story they wanted to tell yeah. within that format, and that's very cool. It's a common like, and that's a common thing that I noticed like when like looking at people talk about it is like the amount of cutscenes just bothers people because. These 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 devs do not fucking care. Like they are going to mm. sit there and they are going to make you run through like an hour and a half of dialogue if they want to because they care cool. about these scenes a lot. And you can tell with the way they're written that like every little every little detail is poured over and lovingly cared loved on and it's yeah, like it's just I can't say enough good things about you all you all played Final Fantasy X in 2001. You can deal with this. Yeah, basically. Like, like, like I, I'm glad that these devs don't give a shit. Like, they're just like, mm. we're telling the story we want, and we're going to do it the way we want. And that just, yeah. Like, and that is entirely my shit, because, mm. like, I was, I again, I didn't know that this game was so heavily focused on the story. And then, like, when I'm, like, two chapters in, and it's just like, I've spent, like, as much time dungeoning as I have in visual novel. It was like, this is wild. Surely this Mm -hmm. eases up at some point, right? Because they run out of story and they just want to do the dungeon. No, the story gets longer in later chapters. (laughs) (laughs) I can see somebody be like, 
Well, I hope once we get the story out of the way, then we can dungeon crawl, and then there's just more story. <laughs> the Mary Skelter finale, I already know, literally starts with, like, three hours of story. Holy Excellent. shit. There's very little gameplay in the first three hours. Hey, Polly, I feel a lot of consonants with this being your number three and mine being identical. It feels... <laughs> Which is also, like... 60% visual novel. Yeah, this feels like... They, they feel like kindred spirits, don't they? <laughs> On the roof. On the roof, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. My number three. Cool. Mary Skelter Beautiful. Two. Thank you so much, Polly. All right. So, moving on, I do believe I have... Oh man, we're getting to we're getting toward the end. We're almost at the we're end. We're almost at the end. We've almost clawed our way out. Oh, I got I got some listener list. I got a listener list from the one and only my good pal Ghosty. Just got her list in today. Happy that she was able to. She says, "Hello, Soxcast hosts. I hope you have room for another video game list. I hear you like those." <laughs> Love them. We love them. Feed us more. We can't pot. How do we hold all these lists? Here are some games I played this year. Honorable mentions. Pedal Crash, Micro Mages, and Blue Fire. Now for the countdown. Number three. Monster Train. In the void left by my quitting Shadowverse this summer, there was still a hunger. A hunger only sated by one game, Monster Train. If I played something this year that you could really get your deck building on, this was the one. It just plays so damned well. Number two, Griftland. Every time I read this word, every time I read the word Griftlands, it looks like girlfriends to me. And I... That's weird. I know. Just, and it's just like, and I, I, I mentioned that to her every time that she talks about the game. She says Griftlands. I was like, it's like, you're playing your girlfriends? What? <laughs> Griftlands, the deck building card game that's also a choose your own adventure game ingeniously integrated into something masterful. Maybe not as deep as a card game as Monster Train, but more but more than makes up for it in other ways. This game has had me stuck in its orbit like nothing else this year. And Ghosty's number one game of the year goes to... I the Somnium Files. Great and grim sci-fi mystery plot. Extremely lovable characters. Absurdly goofy humor. What's not to like? It's right up there. Some of the best Spike Chunsoft stuff to date. Never let the fire fade in you. You rock, ghosty. Solid. Super duper solid. All right. It's nice seeing Somnium Files again. Yeah, like Somnium getting love after the fact feels real good. Makes me happy for obvious, you know, yeah. <laughs> for, uh, for obvious biased reasons. Um, all right, Rhett, I do believe hey. you've got a listener list for us, I do believe. Okay, this one comes in from Door Curtain. Hey, I made it! Yeah, these are all the real, like, kind of late Sunday lists. These are like, you were in at 11.52. <laughs> I don't know, something like that. Um, in tw- so this is Dorkern's list. Okay. In 2021, I played a lot of extremely good games, and 15 of them became some of my new favorites ever. God damn! That's more than the previous five years put together. I'm only limited to three entries, so just know that besides the following three choices, I'm leaving a lot out. Number three, The Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky Trilogy. Yeah! I've seen other people list the whole trilogy's one entry, so that's what I'm doing. It's fair. Yeah, I did one and two with my entry, so... Yeah. 
Long story short, all the praise I heard about Trails in the Sky as far back as five years ago is completely accurate. And as weird as the Orbit system can be, these three games are otherwise some of the most considered, thoughtful, and extensive RPGs I've played. Estelle Bright is as great as everyone says she is, and along with Shion Uzuki, is one of the best-written female RPG protagonists I've ever been fortunate to pl- enough to play as. These games Chil- are so... Sorry. Charles Trilogy is so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Charles in the Sky Trilogy. Absolutely. God. Continue. These games are so unafraid to take their time, and yet I was only too happy to sink over 200 hours cum- cumulatively over the course of the trilogy, exploring the inner workings of the characters helping out the local quest givers, and ke- keeping up with the awesome story all the way to its incredible conclusion. Feels good. Okay, so we got Trails in the Sky Trilogy as number three. That's... <laughs> what What do we have? How do you... Like, like, if you are getting be- like, like better than Trails, Jesus Christ, this list is going to melt your fucking face. Okay. No, Fate Say Night. <laughs> <laughs> number two, The House in Fata Morgana. God! That's funny. I put, I put that right beneath, right next to Trails in the Sky. I, I knew this one would. I knew this was something that for you two would hang. Yeah, good, extremely good. This is some of the best writing I've ever seen, video game or not. Every every single individual line seems laser focused on being the most evocative version of itself <laughs> that it can be, bringing the setting and characters to life on a level I never thought was possible. The gothic horror atmosphere within the story is utterly captivating, with the tales hidden behind every door being elevated by beautiful art and exponentially more beautiful music. My only problem, big problem with this game is that I wish it had less choice, since some of the choices you do make make for alternate endings and stuff are honestly corny and took me yeah, out of it. Yeah, they took me out of it, really. Uh, I think all I have to do is say a moment of hesitation for anyone else who's played Fada to get what I mean. Yeah. Oh. Okay, what's... So this is above Trails and Fata Oh, God. Like, what is... God. Somebody just came, like, with the, <laughs> with the nuclear armament. <laughs> they really really did. Hey. Number one. Number one. Omori. Oh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. <gasps> that tracks. <laughs> yep. Okay, Paul, you joked about long run-on sentence earlier. Yeah? This, this, this one might top you. All right, let's go. Do it in one breath, baby. Uh, I literally don't know if I can. Okay. Omori is a game that, despite using entirely custom gorgeous assets, is thoroughly and proudly an RPG maker game, celebrating the game creation tool's legacy of, of an imaginative choice on RPG battle mechanics, visceral and impactful horror, and a masterclass grasp on using video game mechanics as a storytelling device, all wrapped up in a most... In, I didn't make it in one breath. It's okay. All wrapped up in one of the most thoughtfully crafted casts of characters and stories I've ever had the pleasure of playthrough. Mm. Okay, that's just the first sentence. Okay. You can feel the six and a half years of, de- of development time that Omori went through, having replayed it before writing my top three for this year. It can't be emphasized enough how smoothly Omori flows as a video game experience. From the inventive emotion system RPG fights to the classy environmental storytelling, Omori isn't my game of the year. It's my new favorite game, period, with no other game I've played before having resonated with me quite as hard and as, quite as close as Omori did. Being a mix of fun to play, comedic, terrifying, contemplative, surreal, and poignant that I found to be 100% my shit. Nice. Honorable mention, the 12 games that couldn't make this list, in particular, Xenosaga 3. Oh, man! <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's fair. With that top God! three, it makes yeah. sense. But holy moly. God! Yeah. Just bringing nothing but heavy hitters to this party! Yep. 
and Hypnospace Outlaw, God. my number five in four games of the year. Yeah, that's, Fuck yeah. that's good. Woo! Fuck yeah. Good choices, dog. Absolutely. Okay. John has one more list to read. Right. I do. This is from Squum. <clears throat> Squum here. These are the greatest games ever made of all time. If all is of all time, if all is defined as the current year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Thank you. Uh, I've just been Googling all of these for the last half hour. They all, not not last half hour, for the last couple minutes. Uh, they all look fucking okay. dumb as hell. Number three, Casadastra by Milosoft 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, Spoiler, Rhett gave me gave me one of the lists that's all itch games. I, yeah. I kind of thought that's what Rhett had done. I always I always enjoy this because it makes me happy that we are in part cultivating <laughs> that kind of audience. Hell yeah. Basically a game where you have to map out the Windows 95 screensaver maze so that you can travel from start to exit completely blindfolded. Oh, God. It's also quite emotional and contemplative. Feels like every aspect has been carefully molded over in detail to give the desired effect. Quite a simple game in essence, but also an unforgettable and singular one. That sounds like a poly game, right? Kind of, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love mazes. I love, I, I, I can't get enough. I think what it's like... What if you were in a maze and you couldn't see, though? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Number two is the blank of the killer series by Garment District, 2020 and ongoing. So X of the killer, X Mm. something of the killer. Gotcha. A collection of short cartoon horror third person walking games, tone akin to a Nickelodeon show's Halloween special, but a bit edgier. The writing is fantastic and hilarious, and the setting concept of each game is very unique, yet also terrifying if you think about it for long enough. Number one, Molly and the Gun Mids by Jake Clover, 2020. Such an immense game that you have to patch the EXE to allow it to use more RAM than it can by default what so it can the- run at all. What the hell? It's a mission-based Asteroids clone with an exceptionally loose story that just keeps on escalating exponentially in stakes and scale and spectacle beyond what you ever thought of it you can achieve, and then some, all with a blatant disregard for any artistic or design convention set by anyone. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, Jake Clover is someone I've included before on some of my lists mm-hmm. just because their work is really wild and out there and mm-hmm. cool and textured. Um, this is like a 90 minute game with a bunch of different play styles that is, looks absolutely wild. And I have not heard a single word about it. This oh. is very cool. Look, no, yeah. not, not in like a bad way. Just like, Oh, holy shit. This is, this is something I want to take a yeah. gander at. Holy yeah. shit. It's not and the gun mids. Uh, if you Google it, um, just the gameplay footage is very immediately striking and representative of Clover's style. But I, I didn't know that he uh, make made anything that epic before, like something that big. Neat. Cool. Okay. All right. And with that, with that, I think you two will be happy to know that we have reached the end of all the written listener lists. We, of course, thank everybody for taking the time. You all are absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's time. It's time to. This is where the dreams are made, right? Or something. I'm trying to say something real big and sportsy, like where they before the Super Bowl, like American dreams, where dreams are made on the gridiron. Something like that. Um, the American dream, where dreams are made on the gridiron, just yeah. like they say. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's like what that's you. What I, that's that's what, what actually. That's what as as Gatsby said. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, so, and John, as you look down at the green light, oh yes, where dreams are made on the gridiron. I think John Madden Thank said you, it Fitzgerald. too. Thank you, Fitzgerald. 
Fitzgerald stole it from John Madden. Yeah, absolutely. Like John Madden is like the philosopher of our time. Boom, tough acting to acting. Boom. That's how that goes. I know about science. Don't worry. I got this figured out. Stick with me, kid. Breaking my balls here. What's going on, huh? <laughs> Stupid podcast. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was good. Let's All do right. this thing. John, can I have yeah. can I have your numero two video All game? Right. Well, I said that I was not going to do a lot of RPGs, and that all, the only RPGs I put on my list were going to be the absolute cream of the crop. The cream of the crop, yeah. So if I put anything above um, Xenogears and Avenical, um, that would mean that this would be my favorite RPG I played this year. Uh-huh. That's constant edging here. <laughs> yeah, I know, yep. right? It's very good at it. So my number two is Hellsinker. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Okay. Huh. Wow. Which is a shmup. Yeah, this is shmup. So, <laughs> so, meaning, depending on my number one, that would mean that that is still my favorite. <laughs> so, Hellsinker, um, this was the one I was hoping would blindside y'all. Yeah, it got I, me because I, I completely forgot. Like, I was like, it's I know been this, like a year. I knew that this was a whole arc for you, and I know that, like, like I, I desperately want to play this game, but my computer hated it. Oh, it's so mm. sad because it's so good. Yeah, God, I was just watching. So I, I was just watching um, uh, Lord BBH the other night talk about that game. It was just like, why was it not like? Why did I not immediately just tie that to John? Yep, um, I got gifted it. I think by Cecile mm-hmm. um, in Christmas, or maybe Cecile gifted it to me right after somebody else gifted it to me. I can't. I can't quite remember. I'm sorry. I can look it up. But in any case, I played it um, um, just basically constantly for like three weeks yeah <laughs> um i got it on christmas day mm-hmm. um and just played a ton of it and so hellsinker is an is an dojin shmup or at least like a small smaller scale release um it's a pc it's basically like a pc indie shmup yeah is the way you could say is the way you could put it um it's a it's an hour long it is an epic yeah um it is so, has some of the most creative and imaginative action set pieces I have ever seen in a shmup. Um, like, not to spoil too much, but, like, level five is a welcome to the machine level. Oh, 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 dear. Um, and that's, and it keeps escalating from there, because there are eight levels, except not really. There are more, like, 14? Yeah, because it's got, like, different paths and shit, depending, mm-hmm. depending on how you perform, I think. Mm-hmm. No, you you can um, choose. Oh, okay. At the, um, basic basically, there's a this game has an absolutely buck wild structure. It is a structure built for you to see a continuous kind of progress. Yeah, and sense of greater understanding of the narrative and understanding of your play. The longer you play it, like there's a bunch of little smart things when you you have three stages and then the fourth stage. Once you beat the fourth stage in one credit, you unlock the alternate harder versions of the first three stages. Mm-hmm. So right as you start getting bored with those first three pretty easy stages, you get the harder stage where you can get more score. Mm. Um, once you beat the seventh stage, that unlocks the short version of the game where you can... Oh, and, and you don't unlock practice mode until you beat stage four in one credit, which I think is cute. That's, a, That's it's like an interesting choice. Enough. It's an interesting it's like, choice. It's like... 
a- anytime something doesn't have a practice mode, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, but like, kind that's, of. <laughs> that's like that that keeps it just long enough that I'm not um, particularly irritated by it because I got yeah. through that pretty quick. Um, so the stage four boss is also insanely cool. Mm. Um, all the bosses have like different phases they can go into depending on how you, which part of them you kill first. Like every boss is like this fractal spiraling out into a bunch of different ways you can fight them. Sometimes there's, sometimes there's like a stage that's just a boss and then that boss can go into two different forms depending on you fight it. Sometimes there, there's at least one stage where there's no boss. Like, it, it's constantly pl- there's a stage where the scrolling goes backwards like it's constantly oh, playing with with structure sometimes mm-hmm. there's a boss and then there's something after the boss oh. like it, it's constantly playing with structure in this gorgeous way um that never feels gimmicky it always feels like it is in pursuit of more delightful action it feels like it's um, purposefully poking at the very ideas of what you consider a traditional shmup, and it's doing it in this very honest and curious way. Absolutely. Um, it's very... It looks scary at first. Oh, um, yeah, I yeah. Think, but, like, you, you just play it. Just play it. It's honestly not that bad. I, I played the sword character, um, who you can charge up and do a sword slash, so you get up close to enemies, and they deal just a shit ton of damage one attack. Mm-hmm. Feels really good. <laughs> Um, but like the way the game progresses. Oh, and when you beat stage seven in one credit, that's when the game unlocks the short form where you can skip, uh, where you can, it's a shorter version of the game where you can skip some of the earlier stages and play just five stages and get, get all the way to the end. And then that gets you the same like unlocks as if you once you see it on the regular playthrough. So like right when you're starting to get tired of it, it like gives you this extra, it gives you this like edge, like, okay, here you go. Mm. Um, like it's very classy and tactful with how it's structured in um it 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 I basically felt like guided towards a one cc like the the whole structure was built towards me getting to the point where I could play this hour long shmup in one credit comfortably, yeah, and I did um I did it with the best ending that's fantastic because there are three different final bosses you can f- fight depending on how well you fight the first phase of the final boss mm-hmm. and all of them have completely different aesthetics completely different closing story segments and completely different songs <laughs> that's so freaking wild <laughs> it is so generous and it doesn't ever feel like it's just throwing extra bullshit at you it always feels in service of the escalating drama because the way the game escalates from stage four to stage five to stage six to stage seven to stage eight is buck wild um stage six is probably my individual favorite um i don't mean that as a slight on stage seven and eight um but just the because stage six is the one that is like we have a five minute we have a long epic stage and a very dope boss and then in a sleep sequence and i'm like that's yeah. that's your shit. <laughs> yep. There are interactive fiction text interludes. Oh, what? There's twine game segments. That's oh so God. that's bonkers. <laughs> and the story is very esoteric, just like the just like playing the game seems at first. Um, but the ultimate reveals in the very end game were like, oh, oh shit. I, I'm not gonna say it like made me cry. I don't think it hit me quite as hard as Zero Ranger or Reflex. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a very cool storytelling underlying this, and a strong commitment to its setting. 
Um, I read, I read all the supplemental. Excuse me. No, I go with it. You ain't got material. You ain't got to apologize. <laughs> uh, I, I read all the supplemental materials just because it was very, that interesting, um, and I wound up playing this game for twenty five hours to get to a one cc, but I wasn't grinding either. I was just like because the way the game was doled out its content, um, kept me kind of looped in mm-hmm. without ever actually like compromising the the essential arcadeness of it mm. like it still is an arcade shmup that you play all of in one credit and then you do it even better for a score uh, oh <laughs> there's a stage that like if you do you like depending on how well you do whenever you run out of a certain meter and then once you run out of the meter you fight this bonus stage after the stage and depending on how and then you can get a bunch of points and one-ups, but you can also lose one-ups in the bonus stage, and the bonus stage is, like, a gauntlet of really hard bosses. <laughs> and they're really good. Like, so the ideal way is that you get right... They, like, multiply your score. Mm-hmm. So you want to fight it as late as possible and yeah. then do really well at it. Like, it, it's it's just a feast. That's so um, interesting. Like, it's it's it feels like Contra Hardcore in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, as like an action, as like a technic action bacchanal. Yeah. But if, but then it feels like reflex and zero ranger and probably radiant silver gun in terms of Mm. like presenting this very epic, cool, involving story within the context of a shmup. Um, this feels absolutely like it stands like toe to toe with like the cider skein stuff. Um, and and Zero Ranger, and that's really impressive to me. I, I think it feels a little bit cheaper than those games. I feel like there are a couple times where it reuses set pieces a little bit more than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, just as a as a total package, like I, I just had a fucking transcendent time with this game. It it blew me away. Yeah, like this is one where like. I was shocked at when you mentioned it, but only because it had been so long since I heard it mm-hmm. that, I, that my brain was like, that yeah. had to have been last year, right? No, it was like, no, that that, that journey happened this year. I kept wanting to tweet about it the last couple months, and I was like, mm, let's hold off. Hold it off. Keep Surprise them people. guessing. Don't give them any context <laughs> clues. <gasps> so that was, that was my number Damn two. Damn good pick. I, I, hope, I hope you get a computer for I, some tape on it. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to figure out like what was going, what's wrong and why I can't get that game to run. But yeah, that is a game I, I need in my life, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the new PC version um, on Steam has a tutorial also. Oh, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I figured out a lot of the systems, and I and I am bad with, with, with weird shmup systems, and I still figured out yeah. most of it. I think you're just um, bad with know. systems overall. I mean, you went through like 80 hours of trails and you didn't understand <laughs> the orbit systems. I I don't think it's just I don't think it's just shmups, John. I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I played Xenoblade games. Those games are like systems upon systems John upon systems. Xenoblade X. That's, he knows systems. Yeah, he this boy knows systems now. I know my way. I know my way around a system or two. I've been known to know my way around a system or two. Rhett, what's your number Hi. two? Oh boy. So <laughs> every time, huh? Oh boy! Oh god! No, I'm excited to talk okay. about this one. Okay. I haven't mentioned it in a while. Okay, this is yeah. also this is also kind of the hey, remember kind of last year. Oh, interesting. Um, so Polly, when you were talking about your number four, Super Crush KO, mm-hmm. you mentioned like indie platformer energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played a game with a billion time, 
a whole lot of a whole lot of that energy. Oh yeah? yeah, what's it got? What you got? My number, my number two is Rabby Ribby. Hell yes! I was wondering when this was going to show up. I'm I'm, ble- I'm breathing a sigh of relief because I knew yeah. that, I knew that this is a game you played, and I was just like, did he forget? Did I? No, I didn't forget. Um, it just ended up very. very That's awesome! Hard. I'm excited! I'm so happy! I wanted this to be on your list. <laughs> Ab- above Metroid Dread. And me- <laughs> probably like, probably like, no, no, wait a second. <laughs> you're, you're on, on legit, Rat. Your enthusiasm was so infectious on this game. I've been, it's been like very closely on my radar yeah. ever since, like to the point where I, I was bought this. looking through Steam games earlier today and seeing Rabby Ray be like, ooh, if I, if I wasn't burned out on really long games for right yeah. now. Yeah. I bought this too. Like I- after that podcast, I bought this game. <laughs> I did mm-hmm. just look, and I have forty hours in this. Hell yeah, yep. you do. Which, which is incomprehensible for an <laughs> exploration action platformer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Eat it, Hollow Knight. <laughs> oh. Oh, you're oh you're thirty hours, huh? Interesting. That's very cute. Yeah. How quaint. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> I'm not even sure if this game is actually longer than Hollow Knight. It's just harder. Well, it's. Like, the main story stuff is probably harder. Plus, I played on hard for, for a while until it became too much in the <laughs> DLC. This game's a weird recommendation because it's just... It's such a quirky, weird, indie, like, kind of one-man show thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I could totally see people being like, this doesn't feel good to play at all. I don't like this at all. Like, it really took me back to, like... Have Story or uh, Bunny Must Die, oh. which is funny because it's also a bunny girl game. Yeah. Or even like the earlier Toho games. Oh, yeah. Because cool. there's a lot of bullet hell in this. Mm-hmm. And it is a game where you have a very weird cast of characters that kind of talks and riddles a bit. And their personalities are very much expressed through their bullet patterns. Mm. Good. And like you fight characters a couple times each, usually. And like the way they fight will kind of evolve. And like you see characterization through their patterns and that's really neat and it's just when i close my eyes and think about this game it's just such overwhelmingly good positive feelings Mm. (laughs) that makes me happy that makes me happy like this is probably in a weird way despite it being this weird quirky thing it's the game i would probably say is the most like perfect that i played this year mm. to, in my eyes yeah yeah where, where it's just like oh this game is so weird i love it to bits it did everything i wanted perfectly and it's like it's such a weird grasp thing where it's like the en- the game ends at chapter five mm-hmm. with a huge like four phase boss fight nice and then there's three more chapters after that, mm-hmm. where they kind of actually resolve the story stuff. And then mm-hmm. there's the kind of mandatory expansion DLC, which is like included in the console versions, yeah. where there's two more chapters. So there's five chapters after the five chapter game. Oh, jeez. So it's just like, hey, do you want to just keep going for a while? <laughs> As in, like half the game is post game. Um, you want to live boss- in Robbie Ribby world for a while? I was living in this game for so long that Ease 9 came out, and I was like, okay, I'm going to play you, but hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Got to put the cap <laughs> on this first. I need to put the cap on this first because the end game stuff was getting so difficult that, one, I put the difficulty on normal instead of hard. Mm. And then I think, like, the final boss and then the final DLC has, like, like 
uh, like a dialogue box box prompts up at the start goes like do you want the normal version or the fucked up version <laughs> and, I, and, I, and i picked fucked up the first Fuck time me then, up. and then i picked normal to be it for real <laughs> and i kept telling myself i was gonna go back but it was one of those like i care let's just put that under the pillow once you've lost that muscle memory like, yeah that's a few months later you'll have to play the whole damn thing again yeah it so and they also right around that time added a new playable character so you can do the entire game again with the new character to play as, who has different abilities and like, you know, skill sets to get around the world. Does which that sound... first DLC have the remaining chapters of the main story? Uh, chapters six, seven, and eight are just in the base game normally, and chapters nine and ten are in this. Is the order a DLC? Yeah, because I, I own that, that one. <laughs> yeah, I that don't be... own the. I don't own the one with the new character with, the, I think, with Coco mode. I think. I think that should be the, all the chapters. Okay. Go okay. ahead. But, but I was so into this game, I was like, I'm going to support them for whatever they release. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Obviously. yeah. Like, even if I'm not going to play as the new character now, I will grab this for, Beautiful. You know. And this game, inexplicably, I mean, so it goes, it has, like, multiple final bosses because of how, like, it ends, and then it ends three chapters later, and then there's yep. an expansion where it ends again. <laughs> also, there's, like, a free DLC for Halloween chapter. Mm-hmm. Which is also really hard. Nice. This inexplicably is still a game that made me cry this year. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, yeah, I I was so into it, and then like the final phase of the final boss in the second in the DLC, like the absolute final, like true, you know, end thing. I say that a lot, like mm-hmm. final, 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 true end, final boss underscore dot mp three. Uh, the final thing. Is a timeout card. <gasps> yes. Oh baby. So it's and then uh, I bought the soundtrack because of this this moment, and I never actually listened to it <laughs> because it was like this perfect, pure, transcendent moment that I'm not sure I can ever truly capture again. Yeah. The song the song on the MP3 is just on the soundtrack is just called the final 100 seconds. Oh, oh my. Shit. Oh. So, this, <laughs> so it's not quite a shmup, but. They go so hard, and I remember like fighting this boss, and I had like no no health potions left. <laughs> it's just doing the timeout card, and the screen zooms in the whole entire time <gasps> in your character. Holy shit! Holy shit! And, and you can see your you can see your hitbox. Oh man! And it's just zooming in and zooming in, and by the end, like your character is like the entire height of the screen, That's and fun. you can still see your hitbox That's in the so middle of that. Fucking nuts! It was amazing <laughs> oh that's so good Fucking so the rules. so the fact that like this game had that as a cap after 40 hours of very good platformer action and mm-hmm. bosses and stuff mm-hmm. i remember thinking this game was special like super early on when yeah. i just recorded a video of myself fighting like the third boss which is like mm-hmm. platformer marissa where she's just like flying around on a broom shooting master sparks and stars mm-hmm. good and like eventually like the difficulty is kind of an up and down thing where at the start it was very difficult. Like I'd have to learn these boss patterns and like try them like 10 times to get it down. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in the mid game, it's like, okay, I kind of have a handle on this. And then the end game got very hard again. <laughs> it's just, it's such a good time. I kind of, this is the game, Polly. I mentioned earlier that I was like about to start crying, thinking about one of the games on my oh list. Oh my and God. It was this, that, and it was this one. That's, that's nuts. <laughs> I love it. It looks so cheesecake from the outside. Also. It does. It really does. But there's so much here. 
and again feels consonant with like Mary Skelter. Yeah, like really, yeah. it's it's very it's very analogous. It's I fucking y'all. I love our lists. I love how much these get across <laughs> us as people. Yeah, I think that yeah. like, they're very honest and they just kind of, you you get a general idea of the person just from the... the, the it's very nice. Yeah. I love this podcast. Yeah. I love y'all. Oh, it's so good. Like, the story in this game is, it's good, but it's like, not a huge priority, I guess. Right. Like, and, and the characters mm-hmm. are very strange, and again, like, they feel poorly translated at times but i'm not sure i think that's just kind of the vibe it intentionally goes for mm-hmm. where they kind of talk in weird toho-ish ways like embodiment mm-hmm. of scarlet devil characters did oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i don't have enough good things to say about this game other than that, i'm not sure it would click for everybody like it did for me mm-hmm. and just there's something about the world in like the early part where you're really exploring it where it's just like because this is, like, I think it's a one-person jam, and just, like, you have no idea what's around every corner. And it <laughs> constantly... Because it's just, like... I don't know, there's something about, like, really polished and produced games where it's, like, it's just going to hit a rhythm and you're kind of going to accept an expected flow to it. And this doesn't do that. This mm. will just throw you for loops constantly. That's and awesome. Just, like, and then there's, like, a big hidden area for, you know... Or because it's there, that you don't need to do it all, and, like, optional characters to recruit to your town. It's just... Oh, that's cool. awesome. So, like, it gave me the best, like, kind of exploration vibes mm. this year. And my mouth is dead, so I'm going to stop gushing over this game. All right, all right. You did, you did, like, uh, this made me so happy. Good. Yeah, this made me happy. This is just, like, this was a game, again, where, like, I knew you'd played it. It's just, like, that game is too ret to not be on this list. Oh, yeah. He either forgot or it's going real far. Woo! I remember, like, John asked me about it, like, a week ago. It was like, did you play Rabby Ribby this year? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, shit, he shit. figured it out. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I tried to keep everything close to the vest. Like, I didn't mention that I was playing yeah. East 9, but if you would have just, like, logged on to your PS4, you would have seen me playing it. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh. PS4, Devious. I haven't, haven't done that in a while. What's that? What's that? That, that, that is like an anime watching machine sometimes. <laughs> Just that a week thing. straight of constant John is playing a venicle. <laughs> <laughs> Moment of the year is having that, that steam pop up in VR for me. <laughs> yes! Yes! Brother! <laughs> Brother! <laughs> oh god, I'm dying over here. Kindred spirits. Oh my fuck, I'm dying. Whew! <laughs> Oh. I like that we get more energy towards the end. Yeah, I think it's just because it's, you know the end is in sight, so it's easier to kind of just fucking let go. <laughs> yep. Life is so All good. All right. Polly. Okay, Polly. Right! I got a number two. I got a number two yep. that I think is a surefire banger. I think I, I, I can at least... I, I at least, yeah, I think at least one person out there will agree with me. My number two is Starry Flowers by Nom Nom Nami. Yes, fuck, yes, fuck, yes, fuck, yes, fuck, yes. Oh my god. I. Over the course of playing the four hours that we streamed this game, I did not know how much I would fall in love with literally everything that comprises it. Uh, this is. Simply the best piece of gay fiction I have ever had the pleasure of experiencing. Hmm. Um, 
there's just not a lot wrong here. This is Nami firing, like, on all cylinders. All cylinders? Like, characters that you just immediately come to love. And the trajectory the story takes as its two leads spiral more and more towards the real deal feelings shit. Um, it's just, it's breathtakingly masterful. Like, she's outdone herself here. Um... Uh, Periwinkle being the overly amorous playboy and Pastille being the the perfect target and foil to that. Uh, and, and all of his wildly promiscuous nature just creates this, like, it's a really grounded and honest story of adults having adult fucking relationships or, and yeah. I guess, like, literal fucking relationships. <laughs> While still being extremely cute and funny throughout. That's the thing, is this rides such an incredible balance of being really horny, really funny, and, like, really dramatic. And it never feels like it overplays that hand at all. Um... Mm. And and you're just continually having these interactions with characters and, and, and... between one another, whether it's the mains, like, like you know, whether it's Pastille and Periwinkle, or or just everybody else that makes up this world, and, you know, as, as, our, as our hapless hero finds his way, and navigates the minefield of love. <laughs> um, uh, but, but like, like, like it, I think that that's really, like, my favorite part of this game, though, is, like, is like, like Periwinkle's doing this delicate perilous dance between trying to not complicate things with feelings, but also <laughs> being unable to shake the real feelings that he's developed. And, and, and it's really smart and wholesome. And it's like, it's a portrayal of like longing and apprehension from not wanting to get hurt. That's very easy to relate to. Um, and in in any relationship, really, and just like, are you allowed to be that open? Like we we said from the start, this was gonna be a thing. Like, are we, you know, and just like never questioning. It's like, can we just change the rules or not wanting to brave changing the rules? Because maybe that's too scary, and you can get hurt if you change the rules. And you, mm-hmm. you know, and God, there's just so many moments of this du- this damn story that stand out to me. That just they're they're, they're the, the 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 some of the best storytelling moments of the year, just straight up. Like we we read through this in one go, and I came away from it like still feeling the feelings that I had for it like a week later. Like it was just it, and it obviously stuck with me to the end of the year to end up this high on the list. Um, yep. Like, this game could have very easily been Game of the Year. Um, and I'm pretty sure that an iteration um, at some point probably had this as Game of the Year that it struck so hard um, as, as such a powerful and very good piece of fiction. Um, whether it's gay or not doesn't even matter. It's it's nice that it is because I don't feel that there are a lot of gay stories out there that are told in this way or feel that, that I have experienced that feel this genuine. Um, like, if you just like a fucking really good romance story, this is one, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's gay or not. Um, so, you know, putting that qualifier on at the start was just more of kind of like my own experience in, in, in gay mm-hmm. fiction. 
Um, so, so to have like that thing that I can point to and say like, this is the, the height, like this is, this is what I want. <laughs> this is exactly what I want. And mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know how she tapped into the, the magic of writing this the way that she did. Um, because it just like, it's feel, it felt out of her wheelhouse at first to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's very, always much stuck to, like, hey, like, all girls, like, it's all lesbians all the time here in Nom Nom Nami mm-hmm. Land, and, like, hey, I respect that, I'm here for it, not a problem with it at all. So, like, when it was just, like, she did, like, a, a gay witch boy story, I'm like, what? Okay, that's, that has Got potential. a little bit of heat from a couple quarters on it. <laughs> yeah? Like, okay, you're doing boys now? Mm. Yeah, I, could, I, I, believe, I think I saw some of that, and it was very unfortunate. Like, 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 you people are really fucking served by this author. Like, you, you've eaten. You have, like... <laughs> you have feasted. You have feasted for a very long time. Yeah, and I saw some of the shit that she got for writing a story mm. about boys, and it was very, like, 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 I'm glad that she's taken that kind of shit in stride, and she seems to be going forward, like, very much with the idea of more stories like this, or with characters like this. Cannot mm. overemphasize how much of an awesome character Periwinkle is. Uh, oh, he's so good. God, like to They're be both the, so good. I love them so much. To be in the head of that character this, throughout this whole game, just just a consummate fucking horn dog. Um, yeah. And then go through that journey that he has to go through to reconcile the feelings that he starts developing and like why they're happening. It's like, uh oh, something's wrong with me. My magic doesn't work anymore. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> um. It's just it's He's coming out the same cut the same smell as him. Oh god, it's so it's so ridiculously sweet. God Ugh. God, you just wanna eat it up. God. Um and just like the ending, uh the fi- the climax is just God, that hit so fucking hard. And then ending with the song Just the First ice the ice the icing on the fucking cake you don't uh, it doesn't that does not get better like that was just such a moment to just like let back and let all that sink in like the moment where it all comes together and like yes they're gonna give it a go and then you get that like the the visuals and and this that song at the end like this is just it's sweet it's wholesome it's smart it's funny it's everything I wanted in this genre, and I didn't even know it. Um, just knocked it out of the park. Nami just absolutely slayed with this one. I'm so glad this one connected with you so much. Yeah. It makes me really happy. Absolutely more people need to play Starry Flowers. Like, just in- get on. Get on in and enjoy it. Like, just take it for what it is. Take the ride. Enjoy cute witch boys in dresses, being consummate horn dogs. It's great. Trust me. You will laugh. You'll love. You'll laugh. You'll love. You'll learn. <laughs> and that's my number two. My number two is Starry Flowers. So, I guess that brings us to our final, final, final <laughs> listener list of the year. We're going to pass it to Zalaz. For one final go around the one final go around the track in three, two, one, play. Hi there, Soxcast. It's Alasmar Two here. Cecile, if you're nasty. 
It took me a while, but I got three very good games I played this year and I thought you'd like to hear about. This isn't ordered by quality or anything. I'd say this, these are all about at the same level of perfection. And also for the sake of simplicity, Evergy was not considered at this time. <laughs> but anyway, let's start. Armored Core. I loved playing the demo for this as a kid and then struggling through the full version as a high schooler when I got into used game collecting. But revisiting and finally beating it now, I kind of love it more than before. The controls have not aged well, but the mission structure, minimalist dystopian narrative, and gritty techno aesthetic made this a cozy, though occasionally stent and scary, game to curl up with late at night. Other than Final Fantasy VII, this is peak 1997 PS1 for me. Starry Flowers. Admittedly, I came away from this one initially thinking it was just a cute and heartwarming little romance, but my opinion of it has only risen over months of reflection and watching others read through it. God, who knew Yaoi could be so cute, cuddly, and mature? <laughs> I played it. I've played an embarrassing amount of R18 games, but this largely safe-for-work visual novel is one of the most nuanced and adult romance stories I've read this year. You really don't see a lot of love stories go from lust to longing in this way, but I think it's done incredibly well here. And the last one, Facets. John Thayer, <laughs> you absolute sadist. How could you break my heart like this? Luring me with your fantastic prologue novella. Wayward, please give it a read. Enticing me with smart and tight RPG fights and then having it all end that way. Very, very bad man. I ought to kiss, kick your ass for, me, for breaking my heart like this. <laughs> anyway, this has been the laws in my three games and I hope y'all have a lovely 2022. Thank you, Cecile. I am nasty, so I can say that. <laughs> Cecile, thank you for that. Oh, Facets <laughs> coming in, pulling in them awards, baby! It was so weird. I just did these in order, and the last two had, had Facets as their number one. That's crazy. <laughs> and, then, and then I forgot about the Starry Flowers timing right there. Oh, yeah! yeah that also really worked. It all just kind of works out sometimes. It really I, does. I think it's First Land, Disco Elysium, and Facets got two votes each. Nice. <laughs> you're you're in good company, I think. Yeah. You're in good company. Thank you so much. That made me really happy. All right. All right. So, now you notice we didn't do something we usually do. We saved it for the end because we yeah. we thought maybe that would give things away. Like, if you, t if you say what's not on yeah. the list... Oh, I thought we always did honorable mentions before we, number one. We do it. We did it typically starting out. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. no, that spoils things. Absolutely. So, all right, continue. All right. So we're going to jump right into some honorable mentions. If there's some games that you want to give a little bit of love on the way out, be sure to do so. John! I have six honorable mentions. All right. Um, Doom 2. Oh, oh yeah. I thought, I, I, This was a late cut. I really liked this game. Mm. Um it's really obnoxious up front. Oh yeah. Like, I, I think you and I, like I was immediate, I was really put off by it starting out. Um, mm -hmm. Just the maps mapping style, the way it was different, felt very different from doom one. I still well, feel that way. I still feel that way I, about doom too. So I think, I think that's completely fair. And I think that in a sense it is weaker in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, the really epic maps, like 15, I think, um, the Romero map, where it's just like this massive, tall, mm. very tall city, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one city level. 
and then just all the climax maps. Like there's one where you're running through, where you're got an invulnerability suit, you run through lava <laughs> as two like spider demons are th- just there. <laughs> Hi. Um, I feel like this game has a more convincing depiction of hell um, than Doom One hits. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the visuals and aesthetic imagination of Doom Two, um, in a way, it comes to. It feels like a strong. It feels like it has a stronger climax, and it feels more like a, a, an epic. The end of an epic journey. I agree. Um, and even if I think Doom One is kind of stronger mechanically and as mm-hmm. a, as map design, um, yeah. I really loved Doom Two for that. Nice. Um, Cataract Oi, I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think this is like basically a masterpiece. I can't. Um, I, I just got really irked during. The, I got tilted as hell during the climax. <laughs> um, during the which is which is stunning, by the way. Like yeah. everything about it is stunning. I can easily see this just hitting me slightly differently, and then being up high, pretty high on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think every uh, like Polly. I think you would have a great time with it, just because yeah. it's. It, I'm definitely getting this in a go. Yeah. It is. It's a dungeon crawler. Like, I love dungeon uh, crawlers <laughs> with real smart mechanics. Nice. Um, Mushihime-sama, I think this game's a fucking masterpiece, too. I once cc it. It was my first cave clear. Um, I think it's a great entry into that world. Um, it only took me, like, 12 hours, I think. That's not bad. Um, no, it's not. Not for an arcade coin. Yeah, up. like an arcade coin op. Those things can be real nasty. Uh-huh. Stages three and four are just... Mm, mm, chef's kiss. Mm. Um, no, no notes. This game is just kind of a perfect five stage 20 minute shot of adrenaline that get 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 got me into the cave style in a way that um was really resonant to me and the and the s and the bug aesthetics are just really cool mm. um stage four is my favorite i think um stage five is great too it, it's it's very good it's just a very good classic shmup um uh bat, in that vein batsugan um, this was probably going to go on the list, but honestly, I want to get my 1cc in it. I'm very close. I got a 2cc. Oh! Um, this was, like, the Toa Plant. This was the last Toa Plant map. Yeah. Um, before they broke apart and splintered into, like, five different game companies, yeah. including Cave. So, this is sort of, like, a midway point between a classic-style shmup and a Cave-style shmup. Yeah. A classic-style Vert shmup. And, like... Honestly, I think I like it even more than Mushihime-sama because the the classicness of it is really just feels very good. The feel of this is very good, and it does the Toho Seven thing where stage four is like twice as long as all the other stages, yeah, and has a really epic boss at the end and a very good song, and it's just like it's got a lot of good joy to it. I this is this is a new favorite shmup. Um, Kingdom Hearts three hundred fifty eight over two days. <laughs> oh, Honestly. I really wanted to put this on my list because I feel like by not putting it on my list, I've sort of Im- admitting to myself that maybe Kingdom Hearts isn't actually that good. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, this is this is the one I kind of jumped into the games wanting to play because this is the long, sad tragedy. You're right? Yeah. This is the this is the sad one, um, and it works. It, it gets there. It made me feel a lot of things. Um, I certainly liked it more than Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, except that I can't say that because this game is inexorably tied to Kingdom Hearts 2, just like Chain of Memories. Like, they're basically one big game, and you can't really consider them apart from one another. Um, I think the reason I want to include it on my honorable mentions instead of not including it at all 
is that I think these games tap into a kind of queer tragedy energy mm-hmm. that's really potent. Um, it's really intense just watching these sad, isolated, goth kids just have a really bad go of it. Yeah, get really kind of emotionally ripped apart. <laughs> they get ripped apart, and the thing is, I don't think the story really knows how sad it is. Mm. So it ends in Kingdom Hearts 2 on, like, a happy note. Right. That's actually not happy. The game oh. thinks it's happy, but it's deeply, deeply sad. And in a sort of meta way... <laughs> That almost makes it, like, even more potent. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Because this is, like... This is, like, queer... It's, like, queer tragedy, like, filtered through this lens of... Through this very... This het lens that doesn't quite get it. It gets it enough to express it, but not enough that it gets all the way there, that it knows that it's not... It's not actually going to contend with it. It's not actually okay that yeah. these people had to die for fucking Sora to come yeah. back. Yeah, that's... Like, yeah. It's not okay that they live on buried deep, deep down in Sora as he has his nice, happy head relationship. Yeah, that's really... Deep down. That's really awkward. So, like, it, you could easily read this, like, in a very um, ungenerous way and just say that this is fucking wretched. Mm-hmm. Um, and a part of me feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of queer kids resonated with these games really intensely oh, yeah, uh, yeah. when they came out. Um, whether it's just for the aesthetics or because I think there is a lot of power in these sto- in this story. Um, I just don't think that it has the... the it's, it's too ignorant to fully know what it's saying. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I think there's something really potent about that. Mm. Um, so I'm excited for Birth by Sleep just because it's, it's getting out of the... F- away from fucking Sora yeah. <laughs> and it's making this and it's making this world bigger because this world is too small mm. um, and I think that that's gonna leave a lot of room for a lot of these characters come back apparently which would be bullshitty normally but that's kind of I mean that you just expect this with Kingdom Hearts I think uh, I think that's called for in this case yeah so sorry I talked a lot about that because I needed to talk about it because otherwise that would have all been a waste of time <laughs> Because also, Kingdom Hearts is so miserable to play. <laughs> They're all so boring. But yeah, Chain of Memories is the only fun one. <laughs> okay, okay. The third um, session over. Last, last honorable mention. Uh, mm, mm, uh, last honorable mention is Amori. Oh, uh, whoa. whoa! Okay, John. Yeah. I'm I'm keeping up with my game of the year list and like pencil and writing down everyone's choices. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I had Omori written as your number one already. Oh my god! Wow. I all right. Everything everybody said is completely true. It is a this game is a it is extremely precise. Mm-hmm. This game is surgical, um, with the feelings that it extracts from you. Um, and I was very moved by it, and I think it's an excellent example of a story that I that I particularly resonate with. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't fair, um, but this is the one where that story crossed over, crossed a line, and I was like, I don't want this story anymore. Oh, um, I, I am done with this story. Mm. Um, 
And it's not the only version of that story I've played this year. Mm. Played several. Um, and I, 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 I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't want it. Mm. Uh, the, the, the lens of this story, I, I wrote about it. Um, and like, it's not a matter of like, I didn't like that the, all the dungeons were twice as long as they should have been, which is true. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a matter of the nature of the story. I think that what this game was going for was just like, it, it's something I've had my fill of. I gotcha. Um, and I didn't, um, yeah. So that's, that was my honorable mention. Rhett. I I didn't see that coming. Woo! <laughs> Blindsided. I, I really thought the whole, like, I'm counting how many voice votes are more. I, is because that's my game of the year. I thought the RPG <laughs> thing was the gimmick here that we were going yeah, and for. That, like, I was like, wow. I, anyways. Curveball at the end. <laughs> as, yeah, only, as only John Thayer can. <laughs> yeah, it's probably good we do honorable mentions at the end. Holy fucking Ooh. shit. Yeah, I was thinking that. Um mine are a lot less contentious. My honorable mentions are Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um I, like I liked both I liked both these games. They're very fun to play. I just think they maybe hit a little softer than I wanted to. Mm. Especially Bowser's Fury, because you know that's kind of not a, really a full game. No. Mm-hmm. But I think did 3D you, World. Did you do the super level at the end of 3D World? Of course I did. I, that's oh, like okay. the, that's like the one fun level in that game. Oh no! Ooh. I mean, Ooh. okay, okay. Here's the I thought curse. 3D World was just too easy for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, it's, like, just from what I've played of it, like I don't think I've died in it yet. That's wild because, like, it, I was like, well. I, I played Mario Odyssey. Like, I wish this was hard as hard. At least it got as hard as 3D World does, hmm. which it very much doesn't. I thought. Go ahead, Red. I, I mean, I think the the optional the super level at the end of Odyssey is way inferior because it's a lot of time. Like, it wastes your time a lot more. Mm. Okay, like yeah. the, the one in 3D World is very much like, hey, just fucking go, run, Here's run, a run. Five minutes shot of adrenaline. Yeah, like that level's fine. Like. Mm. But also having to do like literally a hundred percent of all the green coins oh and shit, and, and flagpole tops just to unlock it was a little tedious. Yeah, I really like the end of Bowser's Fury. Like this, this really was like hanging on the edge of number ten. Like I would have been fine at this at number ten. I remember opening up my list and seeing this as an honorable mention and being like, "Wait, that's number ten. And then swapping it and then swapping back at some point. Mm-hmm. So I I liked it, but I just didn't think it hung. Like I was kind of let down by 3d world yeah uh, so it goes um next honorable mention is the missing jj macfield in the island of memories mm. <laughs> i loved the ending of this game definitely contender for a hardest i've cried at the ending of the okay game. that's a cry count <clears throat> but the game to get to that point really did not make it hang here uh, it, it is rough it's like super bad limbo <laughs> Oh. Like, it's very bad Limbo. It just, it doesn't feel good to play. I, it's a better story than Limbo or Inside to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, there's a but reason. But it just does not, <laughs> it plays so bad. I kept getting, yeah. I kept getting stuck in, like, ways that felt like you are not communicating something to me. Yeah, it's and definitely a little And jank. it didn't help that the game just broke during the climax. Like, <laughs> Oh no! That's the like, worst it, like the, feeling! Like, the, technically, it felt the world fell apart in a way that I'm fairly positive was not intentional. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. 
So yeah, again, that was a game I thought, like, when I played it, it was like, this will probably sneak on my game of the year list, and then it kind of didn't. Mm. Mm. So but man, the ending was really good, because I kept, I was so afraid they were going to do an awful ending. Like, mm-hmm. they were going to just make it real, real tragedy, and then they didn't, and mm-hmm. they subverted it and pulled it out, and I was really happy with that. But but getting to that the 80% before that kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more, I didn't have this written down, but listening to the list, I was like, oh, I kind of forgot about this one. Uh, Hunt Down is very good. Yeah. That's, All right, can you give, it, give, yeah, you give that gonna, one more time? I need a delivery on that. Hunt Down. There you go. That's pretty good. Like it. It's really good. Like, it just, you know, it just had a lot of competition for sure. Yeah, I get it. I get it. My feelings are hurt. I'm furious. Don't get me wrong. But I understand. <laughs> Did you play it last year? Yes. Yeah, I thought. Okay. Yeah, it was like number four. Valferis, right? Yeah, that and Valferis are really like right yeah. next to one another. Yeah. yeah. I think I I played Valferis as well. And it was like, oh, Hunt Down is like that, but even better. Yeah. I think I, I, It's definitely kind of my favorite of those modern action mm-hmm. you know more straight up action than like um yeah you know, exploration there's yeah no exploration. there's no exploration it's, here yeah it's i mean just there is it, there is it's but it's just a, like you but, found but, a, i mean you it, found a cooler machine gun for the level yeah it's levels yeah it's yeah uh so those are my three honorable mentions cool um, I've got six that I'll burn through here real quick cool. um cool. Uh, my first honorable mention is cyber shadow um this was uh, oh, yeah. That's another really good one. I've that's about. look like the the game may like have weird issues with controls at times, like having a down attack, like having an uh, an upward attack being locked to a down motion, which is weird, and you can't duck. <laughs> this game subscribes to John's theory of you only need two buttons, and it kind of gets hurt for that. It does. Yeah, the parrying can be a little nerve wracking too. Maybe you just need to maybe you just need to level up your your play if you think two buttons aren't enough. <laughs> you know what? Else thought that that was a good idea. They bleed pixels. Okay. That next honorable mention. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Cyber Shadow was just exactly what I wanted in this guy. Like I waited on this game for a years. It feels like, uh, and, and it delivered on what I wanted. Uh, it just like when when it comes to the rest of the list, it's like hunt down on Red's list. It's like I kind of like the other stuff more. Um, mm-hmm. The Ninja Savers, Return of the Ninja Warriors on the Switch. Uh, this was an yes. S- this is an SNES game that I love the piss out of. Getting to play an awesome updated version with some new characters and some new moves. Just icing on the cake. Just re- I had so much fun with this game. Um, cool. I'm going to do beat-em-ups next year. I'm going to get into beat-em-ups finally. All right. I'm so excited. <laughs> got faith in you. JRPGs, trash. Beat-em-ups, new new. Fan. Yeah. Um, bad in theater. Like beat em ups. Uh, bad in theater. Oh, uh, bad in theater is my next. Uh, ah. I like what this cool. game does for uh, visual novels on the whole. Uh, while the while the ooey gooey smoo- smoochy smoochy super true ending didn't do much for me, um, the the characters are amazing. Like I, I love Underling. I'm gonna give Underling all the hugs. Um, I like the princess the most. The princess is really good too. <laughs> Wait, which one's the princess? Or not the princess, uh, the, the, the maiden. maiden. The maiden. Oh, right. Red, your favorite is the maiden, too? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of that other anime about a princess being right. captured by a demon lord. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I okay. love I loved the overlord. She's, like, she, she can step on me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and underling, I'm just going to give all the hugs. He's um, so cute. <laughs> he, they're amazing. Um, 
I uh, this one's a little recent, but I am already just like it's it, it will be in consideration for next year's list. But I'm gonna mention it anyway. Nymphs Tower. Um, I played Aww. through that. I like that game a lot. It's got a real good feel to it. Like I like smooshing around in a jetpack. It feels real good. Polly, uh, Polly. Yeah. You tweeted. You tweeted. You replied to me and said, "I just got to the second tower, and now I know if I don't like yeah. it, it's gonna be your fault." <laughs> and then you did not breathe another word about it for two weeks. Did that on purpose? <laughs> it was on purpose. <laughs> I was just like I thought, I just like, do I bring this? No, I'm not gonna bring it up. That long be, con, no, long I, con succeeded, John. I don't hate your part of the game. It's fuck. really fucking strong. Thank you so much. That's very good to hear. Yeah, I had good, I had a good time in this. Um, uh, my uh, next one is Ephemeral Unnatural Balance, which was a really oh. really cool um. A Toho fan game that Gesh sent me, which uh, it uses a lot of uh, underutilized Toho characters, uh, and there it, it makes for some of the best boss fights. Like it's doing better boss fights than they have in the mainline games at this point. I think. Um, Probably. I just for li- sure. I love this game a lot, though. It's really, really good. They got a really right. awesome Momiji in it. It's very boyish, and I love them so much. <laughs> Nice. Uh, another shmup on your Graze Counter. This was like, I spent three hours learning the 1cc of this game in one evening, and I had a great time. It was super brisk. I love the risk-reward mechanics that this and Ephemeral Unnatural Balance have. They both have a really cool mechanic um, that you can use to tip the tables into your favor. Uh, play the games and find out what they are, because they are super fun to engage with. Uh, and the last one I have to mention, because again, games get stuck in my craw sometimes, and it just makes me mad and it's like why why are you still there uh this one will shock <laughs> nobody you're still stuck in my teeth why are you in here <laughs> why can't i get you at world's end club hell yeah uh, Fuck yeah yeah like, when you mentioned when you mentioned that uh super crush ko was the game you were really championing i was like mm-hmm. hmm, i think world there's end another club? one you really talk about a lot i don't champion <laughs> world's end club i'm I'm upset because I think that game got the raw deal, but it also plays like yeah. a bad limbo. <laughs> uh, when you said bad limbo, it was like, isn't it? that's exactly the way that I would describe World's End Club. You, com- you comfort bad, it. you don't champion Bad Ends Club, you comfort it in hospice I care. I comfort it in hospice care because it was literally <laughs> marched out to die. Um, you feel bad for it. I do, because like, this is a game by, <laughs> this is, oh god. The creator it shouldn't have been like this. It shouldn't have been like this. It just—I think that that's why this game sticks in my head because it literally this, this is not how this story was supposed to end. Like I feel like I slipped into the wrong timeline somehow, and we got that the timeline got the bad version, but there is a good version out there that someone else got to play, and I just got booted out of that reality because I shifted in from another. Is that a VLR reference? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing them all around, baby. Um, but, like, like, there's still a lot to like about this game, despite the fact that the gameplay drives me up a wall. The game crashed during the f- after the final boss, so I had to do the entire fucking final chapter again the next day after vowing not to. There's things you just never forgive a game for, and that's certainly one of them. It's just, my final impression of that game is so blighted by that final night of just, like, finishing this final boss and the game dying... And I still couldn't watch the ending. I had to just replay the whole fucking ending sequence again, which is an hour 
of bad limbo. <laughs> World's End Club, I want to love you, is the thing. I just want to love you, but you make it very hard. <laughs> uh, it just came out on PC, and apparently the, it's still broken. Yeah, you said the input lag is still horrendous. The, well, <laughs> no... One of the characters' one of the characters' abilities doesn't work. So progress, you were literally not able to progress until they patched it. Oh, <laughs> how does how at every point, everybody behind this game has let it down. Yeah, seriously. So <laughs> we're the writers, even the writers, because the story kind of shits the bed at the end. <laughs> But you want to love it so much. I like. I love everything about what it's doing visually. I love the soundtrack. I love the characters. I want to adopt and protect every one of them. Oh. This is the. This is the. This was pretty good, but not quite good enough to enter the list. And then also, you, I gave you my heart and you broke it. Category. Yeah. <laughs> I get because you got to mention it because you did give it your heart. Yep. Yeah, this was one of my most... I anticipated this game for a year. <laughs> like, I wanted this game in my veins for a year, and then they half-released it on Apple Store. <laughs> and didn't release the full game until not, May. Not Apple Store. Apple, Apple Arcade. Arcade. New subscription service. Oh, Jesus. Not even fucking... Not even the Apple Store. They just give you, like, the, the, the to-be-continued ending, and you had that for a half a year. Just good. That's how you... D that was probably a smart decision. Oh, God. Like I said, at every point, everybody behind this game has let it down at some... Like, this game never had a chance. <laughs> yep. Ugh. I guess that's, that's it for honorable mentions. All right. I guess it's yeah. time to... Go ahead and... John... I need you That's to do me. something for me. I want you to give me your 10 to 2, and then give us your game of the year. All right. <clears throat> my, numbers, now my number 10 is Extreme Meat Punks Forever Season 2. My number 9 is... <clears throat> Hunt Down. Proud of you. Thank you. My number 8 is Metroid Dread. My number 7 is Trails from Zero. My number 6 is Kichikuo Rants. My number five is Gradius 2, my number the arcade version. My number four is Xenogears. My number three is Avenical. And my number two is Hellsinker. Mm -hmm. My number one is Starry Flowers. Hell oh. yeah. I, that, when it wasn't Amori, when you, you gave it away, when you mentioned Amori, I was like, okay, I know what the number one is. Yeah. Like, John's enthusiasm is the whole reason I played this game. Yep. Um, I was very delighted to see it get all the way up to number two on your list. I mm. thought for sure this was going to be like, mm, yeah, my number seven situation. Mm. Like we have sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like there's like, yeah, there's a couple moments like that. There were a couple moments like that this year that I'm honestly shocked by. Yep. <laughs> it happens. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just, I played this game um, the more, in the morning on a, like a Sunday morning. Um and then I played all of it and really, really loved it and mm -hmm. yelled about it on Twitter a lot. <laughs> and then I went to my partner Monty's house and then we played, like, we played the whole thing again and we cried and held each other. And it was really sweet. Um, the, 
I, I this game hit me at just the right time for its story to hit me really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the the arc of you know starting oh let's have sex we're, we're let's we're we're both hot we're both interested in each other let's have sex and then starting with that and then having feelings slowly bloom out of that um, was really resonant for this for me this year. Uh, yeah, it yeah. hit very personally. <laughs> um, I think that this. I, I think my favorite Nami stories are the ones that are um, are intimate stories um, with quiet stakes that are played out very that are played out nicely. Mm-hmm. And this is just that. This is probably your most intimate small story played out over two and a half hours. Like it's beefier than almost than any of our other games. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So this was just a recipe for. It was it was a game I think she had in her for a long time, and it just exploded out in like three months. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it just be like that. Like it sounds like an idea that she probably had for a while, and it just did not have like the voice at the time for it. And then yep. it finds you and takes you. Yep, and that's the best uh, kind of inspiration. Absolutely. Um, I I think I just think I just think the game's pretty perfect. Yeah. Um, with the story that it tells. Um, and it hit me on a very person, it just hit me on a very personal level Mm. and it resonated with me on a very personal, intimate level. And also it's, it's funny. It's extremely cute. It's nice to look at. Oh God, it's Um, gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. It's extremely cathartic. Mm -hmm. Um, as much as anything else on this list Mm -hmm. in, in terms of ringing good feelings out of you. Um, but that's not unique. No. Um, being able, that's something that I've kind of realized playing RPGs is like, okay, you can get me to the end of a 60 hour RPG and get me to cry with your good catharsis. Yeah. That's, that's not that hard to do. No, like that is like, it's not quite the art form we thought it might've been. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, uh, you can do that. Yeah. Um, Starry Flowers does that. It does it in two and a half hours in a free game. Um, and it does it. Um, while having a worldview and a moral perspective that is really, really, really strong, mm-hmm. it's presenting a, it is not drawing it, not, not drawing attention to it. It's just presenting a better world Yeah, than we have. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just in laying that out there, um, without drawing attention to it, without, without like. It's not. It would just quietly doing that, um, and in in the process of doing that, it makes, um, it's it's love story just that much more touching. I yeah. think is yeah. that it, it also takes place in this world that you just want to live in. Yeah, yeah. It's a very uh, yeah. It's a very nice world. <laughs> mm-hmm. One we should aspire to. Let things be what they be. Yep. Absolutely. Um. So between. So this is this is very this is a very honest personal um, choice from my number one. It's mm-hmm. also a propaganda pick um, because after coming up with twelve fucking RPGs, um, <laughs> I was really excited to want to uplift a short form story, mm-hmm. a freeware game, mm-hmm. a modern itch game, mm-hmm. um, and I if there's a lesson there, I want it to just be like. Um, everybody listening to this, um, if you don't want to, if you don't want to be a creative, if you're not, don't feel like making things, that's completely fine. Um, but I know a lot of people in our community do mm-hmm. and Starry and Starry Flowers like is, 
you, you have the power to make something as moving as Starry Flowers. I probably cannot make a 50-hour era RPG with a hundred unique pieces of <laughs> absolutely <PG> not. <laughs> um, but it is within uh, us to make very good two-hour visual novels. <laughs> but it is within us to make really good two-hour visual novels. Um, and I felt a little bit of that picking Higurashi as my number one last year because that game is so just Dojin Core. It's yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I especially feel it here because this is a year where the story that resonated the most with me was um, a story made by people like me mm-hmm. and that it's very queer mm-hmm. and it's it looks like the kind of story I can make. Yep. And that's very personally, I find that very inspiring um, as somebody that has kind of had to work to rediscover um, their creative side after 2020 completely just burned, it, just burned it to a grip. Just, um, I feel like I'm getting back in touch with that part of me and Starry Flowers really, games like Starry Flowers really feed that yeah. in helping me believe in myself as a, as a creative, as, as a queer, as, um, yeah, just as a, and as, as a partner. Nice. Uh, I saw myself in this story very, very... Yeah, it makes total sense. Yep. Um, so that that was why... Um, so Starry Flowers and obviously Avenical, the two romances <laughs> that personally touched me on a very deep level this year. <laughs> because of how they were Wait. so consonant with my lived experiences. Yeah, oh, right? you, don't, you don't personally relate to Xenogears? Um, that one, that one also hit me really hard. Okay. Uh, just, I, I don't think it quite had the same, it was quite on the same level. Um, but in, in that sense, but like the romance, it was more, I was, I felt a little more distance from the way it was moving me, mm-hmm. but it definitely didn't move me a whole lot. <laughs> that is true. That is also four, three out of my top five are romances. Wow. Yeah. That, that's sad. Thanks. Yeah. You get to learn a lot about a guy through the <laughs> games they pick. I know. I maybe I maybe I have evolved a little bit from. <laughs> and then your number six is rants. <laughs> Look, it, it's fine. Like tra- there can still be traces of Trash Bag Disaster Boy. It's fine. I think Trash Bag Disaster Boy is a lot closer to the romantic John um, than the John that <laughs> shit on Shovel Knight in a very dramatic way. Oh is what God. I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying I feel I have gone. On a dramatic character arc. Do you remember when John hated the married couple in East 8? <laughs> That's my touchstone for peak John. What the fuck is wrong with you? I feel that um, I love, I, I feel that the divorce energy is, yeah. is, is, le- is a lot less pronounced on this list this year. Absolutely. Divorce energy not well represented in 2021. You'll love to see it. Divorce energy. Force energy is still very good. I still laugh at it's, an ex-wife joke yeah. really, 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 really hard. Like the really bad ones. Oh, g- good. Like the ones you'll see on Facebook with the weird image memes. They're just like just cool. like the, just like the kind of like fifty-year-old yeah. bigger dad say. Just they just make me cackle. But <laughs> so that's my number one. Is Star all Fox. right. I, I have a sorry. I have a lot of friends that have made creative stuff this year, and I'm really um, it's been a delight to watch, and I'm really excited to see whatever you make next year. I think more people need to do what they can. Like, if you feel a creative twinge, tap mm-hmm. into that. There are so many tools out there to help people do it. Like, in games like Starry Flowers being at the top of lists like ours, who have the most discerning taste in video games, 
you you could be here as well. We want you to be. I want to be talking about your video game next year. Yeah. You you don't have to you don't have to be creative to be a good person or like be no. a productive person or whatever. That doesn't that doesn't matter. But if you think it would be fun, um don't let fear hold you back. Because it is fun. And you are in a you are in a community with a lot of people that'll help you get where you want to get. If there's if there's any energy I want to be putting out into the world at, at large, especially these bad. times, especially yep. at times like this, Rhett, what is your number one? Rhett? Give us your hey. give us your no. ten to two, ten to one. Yep, and then yep. give us your game of the year. Okay, number ten, Super Liminal. Number nine, Celeste Chapter Nine. Number eight, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I cannot say that every time. <laughs> <laughs> number seven, Valkyria Chronicles Four. Number six, The Binding of Isaac's Repentance. Number five, Omori. Really didn't expect that to be the highest mention of it for us. Uh, number four. Number four, Ease 9, Monstrum Knox. Number three, Metroid Dread. Number two, Rabby Ribby. I really would have loved Rabby Ribby to be my number one. That's uh-huh. <laughs> very aesthetic. I had really, I really thought about it. You agonize. But in the end, I, I didn't really agonize about it. It was like, nah, sorry, son. Oh. But it was like, that would have been a really funny pick, especially <laughs> especially given how you guys knew it was coming. And it was like, he either forgot it or it's going to be really high. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been so funny to have it number one. Yeah, like it would have been the perfect ending. <laughs> yeah. But I think my actual number one, you're all going to see it coming. It's... The Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure. Uh, yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Two years in a row, baby. Absolutely deserved. The sequel to my last year's game of the year, Trails from Zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really don't know what to say about this game other than believe in Falcom. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's just it's like it is the one thing that to hold against it is that was like I'm kind of exhausted playing these games, mm-hmm. but the stories are still so good, and this one is... Especially. Is a, like, it hits the ground running and does not stop. I think this is my favorite one so far. And obviously, it, it gets there from the framework of the previous three games. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. previous four games. Yeah. Like, this this game doesn't exist without any of the previous ones, especially, obviously, Zero and even Third. Mm-hmm. And just... Building that world, building that tension, you know, the political stuff in this one. And it's just, it's so well written. Like, holy shit. There's points in this game where it feels like it has transcended video game writing. You've pulled some shit and I don't know how you did that. There is a point where it just... Because video games have to be written in a certain way for action to occur. Like, yes. And now, and now you go to the dungeon. Unless you're Xenogears and you just r- <clears throat> literally write out the dungeon. <laughs> and say, and now they did a thing and we're going to the next story beat. And that's but fine like, because the dungeons are bad. <laughs> but generally, you know, the st- stories have to be written in such a way that gameplay can happen. Yeah. And once in a mm-hmm. while. So that's a huge burden. And that's kind of the reason why... A lot of like third person shooter games, like or modern AAA games in general, like the stories suck because they're just vehicles for action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this game is so well written and pulls some shit that feels like it's out of a visual novel mm-hmm. on top of being a fun JRPG mm-hmm. just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> when it's just like you, you guys have 
hit such excellence with the craft where you're able to do, juggle both these things at the same time is like writing a super engaging story and keeping it in a video game framework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a visual novel, when it's 100% reading, you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, cause like, it's a weird example. Like imagine if Higurashi had like turn-based battles and had to manage. That, that, that would be story. weird. Like, I'm just saying like, it's just, it's such a huge burden when you have to mm-hmm. have contrivances for, yeah. you know, stuff to happen. And the fact, the, the story and writing in this game is just so good. The last couple chapters, just pure, like, this game, I think, <laughs> more so than Amori, and maybe it's because this game didn't feel as real as Amori did, mm-hmm. but this game got under my skin at one point as bad or worse than Amori did, where it's just Holy like, shit. I actually can't play I actually can't play this right now because I'm so invested in the world and these characters, and what is happening is so awful right yeah. now that I just can't play this right now. I'm not in the right headspace for that. I know that moment. Or you know, you just spend for you to spend multiple games building up this town and this this country and these characters, and then fucking <laughs> smash it with a sledgehammer. Yeah, basically, let's do this. Like that, the status quo. It takes balls to do to make the moves they made yeah. in this game. Yeah. And then oh. some stuff that happens towards the end was just the DMs I was yelling, <laughs> screaming at Polly Niffy at like 3 a.m. going, You've got to be fucking me. Are you kidding? What? It was <laughs> so most... good. Uh oh. Like, you cut cartoon out. I... You cut Uh-oh. out there for a second. You cut out for a second. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you're back. It's just like the most like cartoon eyes bulging out of my head at <laughs> some of the shit this game pulls. Yep. And just like, oh, I've just had the wind knocked out of me like three times in the same scene. What the fuck is happening? Right. And I, I will say that like my relationship with video games has, I feel like has hit a turning point in the last few months where I really didn't play that many games since August. That's a kind of a, you know, a while ago. Yeah. And it's not that I didn't play games like Celeste and Metroid still ended up on my list, even though they were kind of in the dead period. Mm-hmm. But like, that's kind of all I played the, like those and on metal <laughs> oddly enough. <laughs> and I still look at, so like I look at what I get out of watching anime and that's immediate story. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I highly prioritize story in yeah. games, and I yeah. and I kind of feel realize that at some point, you know, you could just go more directly from the tap and just watch anime. Yeah, Perhaps this is and, this is me just reading a lot more the last three three months. I'm like, okay, yeah. we're done with RPGs John, for a while. Let's read books. Yeah, <laughs> and like John has gotten super into light novels. Like there's yep. there's more than just video games out there. Yeah, but like mm. this game makes me have such unconditional faith in Falcom going forward. Yeah. That it's like, even if maybe the JRPG, like the battle stuff, really isn't kind of scratching much of an itch anymore, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still have such absolute faith in the, in these games to keep going with Cold Steel. Yeah. Cool. That's really and cool. Like, and like, that's literally the only video game I will say for this at that point, this point, where it's just like, 
I will. I could probably just throw everything in the garbage. But oh, p- take the Falcom stuff. Trust that, Falcom. That, we gotta have that's them. That's still cool. Yeah, we, like, I have such just absolute trust in them after this yeah. game. The video game house is on fire, but we are going back in, risking any li- risking all limb and life because the Falcom yeah. is still in there. Yeah. This is you did. Rhett did put the Falcom game higher than Polly put the Idea Factory game and I put the Alisoft game, so maybe Falcom <laughs> is still the best. Yeah, like I think that if there's anything you can get out of this show, it's that for another year, Falcom still having a the fucking strongest showing. Still still made it on my list, even with all my all my yeah. even with all your whining. <laughs> and then, yeah, mean, Polly also had East Nine on her list yep. as was, Oh god, yep, spoke. three. That's three. So it's still showing up. Yep, for sure. Even even when we're bitching. Oh, and you did it twice with these nine. All right, four four entries. It's just it's crazy. They're they're just so consistent at this point. Yeah. Yep. Like you just know that like going in, you're probably gonna yeah. have a good time. It's like even the start of Cold Steel might be a little rough, but like having seen you and if you go through it. Oh it's yeah. Like, I'll be fine. You're going to be fine. All you got to do is just trust Falcon. That's why I kept saying that. I'm it's like also, trying to. Go ahead. I'm like saying that to myself to get through to get through that first chapter. That first chapter is real rough. Alyssa, it's would you please very, just listen to reason? <laughs> it's also very funny that both Polly and I did talk about our high high ranking RPGs by saying the ending felt like a Falcon. It felt like game. a Falcon yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. When when a game has good writing, <laughs> we describe it as being Falcom esque. That's our touchstone. I, like, I feel like there's stuff at the end of this game where it goes beyond Falcom writing. Yeah, they they outdo themselves on some shit in Azure yeah, that's why I'm is trails third. Like yeah, so I, I I get it. I feel third even hits that level yeah. of just transcending for um, a few moments and just being completely out of the yeah. out of any other orbit. I mean, Zero does... I mean, seriously, Zero went hard in a way I did not expect. I expected them to pull punches in a way that they didn't. They refused to. Yeah. Like, fuck. It's extremely excellent is the thing. Absolutely. Also, this this game has, like, a really long... The, the intermission in this one is a big, like, swimsuit chapter, which is also pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I am a little scared that overall the Crossbell arc may be the best one, but I still am looking forward to Cold Steel. Yeah, cool. Awesome. My, my expectation for Cold Steel, and I'll be satisfied if it's this, is just like it's going to be a little bit more diluted and a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's probably going to, it might get even higher highs, but like it's probably going to be a little bit, feel a little bloated to yeah. me. Yeah. That's uh, absolutely fair. It'll still be really good. Yeah. Okay, this this really isn't a spoiler, but I laughed because like the third line in Cold Steel has Crossbell, in, uh, the word Crossbell in it. <laughs> yep. So I just felt so immediately rewarded actually playing these in just order. Like, ah, yep. that feels nice. Because they they reference a thing in in this game in at the very very start of yep. uh, Cold Steel. Just so you know when in time it is. Yep. They have to say one line, and you immediately are put into that. You're scene dialed in. Oh. Yeah, it's cool. like I know exactly when in the timeline this is. That's wild. So yeah. All right. My number one Legend of Heroes: Trails to Azure. Trust Good. Falcom. Awesome. Fuck Which yeah. is weird because I think it officially doesn't come out till twenty twenty three now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That might be when I play it. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'm in, I, I didn't, like, notice the absence of a Trails game this year, despite the fact that we've been playing them, you know, pretty regularly for a while. So having not having to go through that this year kind of just like, I'm okay. That felt like an okay breather, actually. And my list yeah. didn't suffer. That's for damn sure. I mean, you still, you still had ease, so. Yep. Which you played one and six tenths. There's still one 40 hour Falcom RPG. Yeah. The Ease games are really long now, so it's fine. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but. All right. All right, Polly. Guess it's my take turn. Take us home with your 10 to 1. I'll, I'll take us home with my 10 to 1. My, ten, my number 10 is Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne HD Remastered. My number 9 is Zero Ranger. My number 8 is East 9 Monstrum Nox. My number 7 is Dusk. Number 6. Is Atelier Ryza, Ever Darkness, and the Secret Hideout. Number five is Unmetal. My number four is Super Crush KO. My number three is Mary Skelter 2. My number two is Starry Flowers. And my number one game of 2021 is Amori. I didn't get anybody with that. I didn't get anybody with that at all. I didn't play it. Nope. God damn. Yeah, sorry, you gotta commit, Polly. I tried. I was like, I was like, I gotta roll the dice on this one. That's just one of those shots in the dark. You place the bet and you kind of hope. But I, I, I almost thought I almost considered making the same joke before I realized we're, we're doing honorable mentions. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't oh I didn't my god, you would. You would have Brett's heart. So hard. <laughs> uh, n- my number one is the most obvious answer in the room. I don't Fuck even yeah. have to say. But my my number one is Metroid Dread. Like, duh. Fuck yeah. Fucking right. Like, come on. <laughs> what else was it going to be? It yeah. warms It <laughs> warms this cold, dead heart to be able to put a 2D Metroid at the top oh, of yeah. my game of the year list in 2021. Yeah. As somebody whose favorite yeah. game ever is Super Metroid, this really feels good to me. Um, and though my, my, like, I had, like, a lot, like, I, I was like Rhett, too, where I had a lot of bitching about this game at first. Um, I was like, oh, man, the Emmy stuff's not fair. I was like, I, that's not the point. I'm, you know, it was just me being bitchy and thinking of it as a video game. And it's just like, don't worry about it. Like, you, you just run through those areas real fast. You, that's all you do. And then you never get caught. You just pick a direction and fucking book it. I do feel like between all the listener lists and the way we talked about it, that's the first Emmy mention. Yeah, it actually right. is. It actually, I think, no, I think Gesh or somebody mentioned the Emmys, uh, and they, yeah. and it was just like, yeah, like it was a cool idea. Um, yeah, like the Emmy stuff is really fucking cool. Like the way that those things kind of dynamically chase you through the area, and like that's interesting shit. Uh, to yeah. see to see done. Uh, it's real advanced shit, and like Mercury Steam, who've. Had a very weird dev history where, like, they worked yep. with Konami with some bad Castlevania games, and then they, like, like mm-hmm. Samus Returns was kind of greeted with a bit of a lukewarm exception for most people, I think. But now people are just mm-hmm. like, I know that even I'm just like, I probably need to go back and check out like Samus, Samus Returns. Returns. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm, I'm here to give that another world, but I, I just, like, what's not to love about Dread? I mean, come on. Like it's 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 yeah. real strong. It's had it, so many mentions on this list uh, 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 throughout the the course of this whole thing that it's just it's again like I've used the word a lot lately, but it's unassailable. Um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 everything that I could say about this game, it's very much like the near automata 
year where we were like, yeah, like I get to it. That's my game of the year. And me going last is the problem is that literally everybody said everything (laughs) about my game of the year. And I can't say much without just rehashing. Um, (laughs) Well, one thing for me with this game, mm -hmm. um, I really liked how it sort of rekindled like a bunch of people talking about Metroid. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people replaying old Metroid games. Yep. I watched a friend yeah. play. From, I watched multiple friends play Metroid Metroid Two for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I had some really meaty talks about Super Metroid. Like yep. I feel like I, I kind of grok that game in a new way that I think opened up some channels in my brain for. <laughs> I'm actually excited about making explory games in a real way. <laughs> Just like it. Like I was suddenly like, uh, like um, p- polishing off Nymph's Tower and finishing that with Toby. Um, Toby did most of the polishing. Toby did almost everything. <laughs> um, I was like suddenly like looking at everything through that lens of like those new kind of thoughts that Metroid Dread ultimately was the one that kind of got churning. Yeah, um, and it was really exciting, and it made me just I I love Metroid a lot, and I and <laughs> I love this this language for making games and making worlds to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Like this game, like got me thinking again, how much I love Metroid. Yeah. Like that's the thing (laughs) is like these, the the people that made this game clearly love Metroid. And that gets through with every little bit of this game. And that that reignited service bullshit. (laughs) Exactly. Like they, these were people that were excited to be making the new Metroid, not the old Metroid, not fucking yo, you need a Ridley. Like they didn't fucking bother. They didn't have to, this game doesn't need that. This is the end of the Metroid saga. And Ridley isn't even there. We don't need him. I mean, sorry if that's a spoiler, but I think that you should <laughs> probably be breathing a sigh of relief that they didn't fall back on that when that's something stupid that they had to do in Samus Returns. So, <laughs> but my God, my God, like they just got this in a way that, that, that it, 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 God, the, the expression they have, like with just like the way that they created these maps in this world, and it truly shines with like what they did with the shine sparking. Uh, I think that like oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Like it is something that start starting out where I was just like, I'm not engaging with this because it's too hard, and I'm a baby. To <laughs> I I can literally like do everything. Like I I you give me a shine spark puzzle, I will do it. Just give us give us free DLC that's just science shine spark puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just a whole game. Just whole a whole game. game that's nothing but shine sparks. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, like, somebody, somebody must have done an indie like release that is like shine sparks the game, right? Oh, I am one hundred percent sure that there is a Super Metroid or a Metro or or or, or Zero Mission that focuses heavily on that kind of thing. You could probably like a wrong hack, almost yeah. certainly. Yeah, yeah, but but like yeah, like there there. As soon as I finished this game and finished the final boss, I spent like 45 minutes learning that fight, getting to the end, and then the escape, literally jumping out of my chair, just laughing my head off at how awesome what I just experienced was. Nothing else was going to take this spot. Mm-hmm. Like, at that I point in time, cold. at that point in time, Starry Flowers was probably my game of the year. Mm. And the, the like the final fight of this game, and just like learning that, and then the escape at the end, and just how crazy that felt, and then going back and replaying it again and again. I, I've played this game like seven times. 
Jeez. <laughs> hey, Polly. Yeah. Um, like a month ago, we were talking about, or like two months ago, we were talking about Gotti stuff, mm-hmm. and I mentioned Starry Flowers, and you said, "Oh, I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. I might need to reorder things a little bit." Uh, that was that. That was with me? that was intentional. Uh, you were fucking with I me. I was I was intentionally <laughs> fucking with you. Yeah, you I did that. With me, I did that God on purpose to, to throw people off the trail. Of um, course, it was stuck. Of course, I, that immediately I memorized that. Like, ah, oh, like okay. why would I? Like, why would I forget that? Like, we literally streamed that game together. Like in like it was literally like four months prior. Fucking mind games we do <laughs> just to make sure that like we can remain as unpredictable as possible to one another, so that we can still like we don't tell each other what we're doing going into these lists at all. Stupid. And Red is the only one that ever Red sees the guest list before we do. So, yep. oh my god. god. I love this podcast. Video games were very kind to me this year, despite the fact that, like, when I looked back at my list and said, I've only played 27 games, blah, blah, blah. But then I look at my top 10 and it's like, this is one of the strongest top 10s I've ever had. Fuck yeah. Yeah, like I think, like like awesome. what you said earlier, it's like all these lists just very much identify the people behind them, and yeah, like that mm. is one hundred percent what you got. For better this or year. for worse? For better or worse? <laughs> you take the good, you take the bad. <sighs> okay. Oh my God, we have that was seven hours. <laughs> we've done it. We've reached yep. the end. <laughs> We it'll be edited down a bit, but it was seven hours for us. It was seven massive hours for us, and we 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 do it because we love and appreciate every single one of you. And we again, we can't thank you enough for for always coming and participating. Like this, like we might bitch and moan, <laughs> but believe me, it's a loving kind of bitch and moan. Like we know we do it because we know she's like. Well, the work's got to get done, and it's got to be us that does it. It'd be nice if, like, other people could host this and do it once in a while. <laughs> um, no, but it, it's never it's never a chore for us to do things with the community and having you people out there supporting us the way you do with these lists and, and just you know, coming and downloading the show, coming and being there when we do them live. That shit always matters, and you know that we always love you for it, and we appreciate you very much, and we hope that you feel that, and and that over the course of these last few years, especially when things have been really hard, that uh, we've been able to alleviate uh, any of the kind of the bad things that have no doubt uh, impacted us all. I know that I've personally used uh, this podcast as an outlet for my own uh, frustrations with the world, uh, and it's helped a lot, and we can only hope that we deliver that same kind of uh, good energy to you, but the only energy I have right now is the energy of wanting to get my ass out of this seat. <laughs> I literally bled for this show, okay? You got, like, like That's how dedicated we were this year, is I literally sat through a nosebleed that I was getting very worried about. Just so John can finish talking about Xenogears. I bleed for my art, motherfuckers. You bleed for Xenogears. I bleed for Xenogears specifically. specifically. <sighs> okay, this was this was a runaway. This was a runaway show. Um we got Metroid Dread with eleven votes. Yeah. Um, Amori with four. Woo. And then um Starry Flowers and Final Fantasy fourteen got three. Yeah, well that's good that's good split. So Metroid that was a 
That's a good top four. That's a good yep. top three, but also Metroid Dread. Very much a runaway success this year. What I think, Excellent. what yeah. I learned this year, though, is that there's so much good taste out there. There's so much cool Absolutely. and original shit. Like, there's so many fucking games. There's, there's so too many, many games. Too many games, but we're glad that we have you all out there to pick up what we might not see. That's the true you know, benefit of doing these lists is that everybody, like, uh, the voices that maybe we, we, we did not catch, other people catch that energy and bring it to us. So with that said, it is time for us to put a cap on the year 2021. Uh, we thank you, of course, for the bottom of our hearts. John Thayer, where in the world, what's the internet thing that you do? Um, you can find me at farawaytimes.itch.io. I have a new game out with um, that Toby made most of, um, but I worked on a good bit, and I'm really pleased with it. It is an indie Metroidvania, so mm. you might, if you like those, maybe give it a look. Yep, it's pretty What's good. What's a Metroidvania? What is that? What? That's a good question. It's called Nims Tower. <laughs> it's at the bottom of my page because that's how these things have to work when it's not my page. Yeah, when it's not yours, we got to kind of put uh, it down there. And the, I, I, I done worked on that, and then you listen. I need to. I need Paul. We need to make something together next year and put it on your page so that I can fill out that bottom. Yeah, we do. We'll get it. We'll, we'll collab. We got. We got. Then, ideas. We got. But John, if you do that, then you can never collab again. <laughs> Unless you do well, three, or you do three, you at do once. three more, right? <laughs> Creating is a never-ending process. I think it's four. I think it's four per row. That's fine. With the uh, bottom collection, uh, so I could do three more, and right. then it, no, then it just goes to a new row, and then I have to do three more. Mm. Rat rule. Rat where <laughs> internet thing. I am here to tell you all to watch Symphogear, even though Paul already did. I did. If you are. If you are burned out on long JRPGs, Symphogear is a JRPG <laughs> that's all cutscenes. It goes down smooth. You know what it's else is twenty six more episodes. You know what else is a JRPG you, that it's all cutscenes. Yeah, you could just play Xenosaga because that's a JRPG that's all cutscenes. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, Polly. I'll just play Xenosaga <laughs> to get over the RPG burnout. That sounds like a great recipe for success. <laughs> It was mostly just for the cutscene joke. I know it's a good joke. It is. I'm funny. I, I, I fell very. I fell. I came very close to playing Xenosaga multiple times this year. Mm, the danger zone has almost been reached. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get. Oh, don't worry. There is no danger of us not getting there. I just need to make sure I'm in the right headspace. Yeah. For I it. want. I, this is one where it's just like, no, I'm not rushing this. I want you to go in in the right headspace. Oh yeah, I, I after Xeno Gears, I'm I'm in it for the long haul. Don't good. worry. Good, 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 good. All right, and you can find me at my dumb website. You can also find me at twitch.tv slash polyhead because.